0: Today's sponsor is Loot Crate. For less than $20 a month, Loot Crate gives the geek in you a special treat every month. Loot Crate is a subscription box service with $40 worth of geek, gamer, and pop culture gear, collectibles, apparel, comics, etc., delivered to your mailbox every month. This month, they're celebrating all the monsters you can fit in your pocket and the ones who need some crazy circle drawing skills to bring to the mortal realm. This month's crate features an exclusive collectible they've told us is the most important object in pretty much the whole universe. Plus, awesome items from Blizzard, Kid Robot, and more. You have until the 19th at 9pm Pacific to subscribe and receive that monthly crate and when the cutoff happens that's it it's over so go to lootcrate.com slash kfgames and enter code kfgames to save three dollars on your new subscription today and this episode's also brought to you by squarespace squarespace is the easiest way to create a beautiful website blog or online store for you and your ideas squarespace features an elegant interface beautiful templates and incredible 24 7 customer support try squarespace at squarespace.com and enter code kind of funny at checkout to get 10 percent off squarespace build it beautiful What's up, guys? Welcome to the first ever episode 36 of the Kinda Funny Games cast. As always, I'm Tim Geddes, joined by the coolest dudes in video games, Colin Moriarty and Greg Miller. Yeah. It's good to be here with you today. I'm happy we're back.
1: Yeah, you guys are back. We missed yeah. you last week. We mm. were dead last I week. I had to fucking put up. Nick back. Scarpino on this show. I know,
0: I'm so sorry for that. Jesus. I, my, one of my favorite things about having Nick on the show is just being able to introduce him. Just being like, and Nick. Because every time he just does that thing, where he just looks at me, and like it hurts him a little bit. Yeah, and I like that. Well, he, should, like stop, he lot, should stop. should
1: stop, you know, paying attention to his wife and start playing more games. It's one of those. He's still it's one of the author, Yeah. Now, sort of did out. you
0: guys see that the video that uh, it wasn't Tom Hawkins that made it? Some someone else in the community made it of a supercut of Nick, like. It was just me and you talking about gameboy oh, yeah, yeah, games. He's like he's like totally spacing camera, out. Yeah, 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 Nick yeah. just spaces out, and then the camera just zooms in on him. And they like do <laughs> Vietnam flashbacks yeah. and then naked women and stuff. Yeah, it was great. Oh man, I like
1: to imagine that's what's going on in Nick's brain all the time.
0: It is. I mean, you know, it's definitely nothing. It's not video games. I definitely can tell, not video tell you games. That much. Well, now
1: it is. He's hooked on Metal Gear. He is. He, he, he yelled at you and Kevin today to stop talking about Metal Gear because you're past him.
0: Yeah, even though I don't think we are.
1: But you know how it is when you're like when he's like uh, you he hear like, something. Wait, he how did you know. get that guy
0: out of that? He's like, stop! And you're like, well, that's every mission,
1: Nick. Like, yeah, it's not like that big of a spoiler. Yeah, that exactly. there's guys you need to find stop, in Metal guys. Gear. Stop it! Stop it! So it's
0: gonna be hard not to talk about Metal Gear this week. Metal Gear's awesome. I'm sure we're gonna at you're some point. Metal Gear. Yeah, Metal Gear's not one of the topics. It's been a topic a lot recently. Sure. I'm sick of hearing about it. Yeah, we're gonna talk about it though. It's gonna come so, up. Yeah, again. don't worry about that. The first topic is Mad Max, but you can't talk about Mad Max without talking about Metal Gear. As far that's as I'm concerned, that's true. Sure. So you're gonna, Without you're
2: gonna... Metal Year, there would be no Mad Max. Exactly. That's kind of how it's, things work. episode yeah, we got Mad
1: Max. Mad Max, we got Rebecca.
2: Are you it's done?
0: It's close. Um, this episode is brought to you by Volume. Shout out mm. to Mike Bethel. Yeah. The, the, it continues.
1: Still waiting on the Vita two version. Months on Mike. That, uh, that Patreon. Still waiting on the Vita version.
0: Maybe by the time the all the shout outs are done, it'll be out. The
1: anger. No, did you yeah. see how well it's sold? No, it's already done more. It's already done as much as Thomas was alone did in its first six months. I holy say. shit! I didn't see anything about it. I'll That's Tom, awesome. I'm going to check Mike's
0: Twitter. That's very cool. It's available on PS4, soon to be Vita, PC, and Mac. For more information, follow at Volume Game on Twitter. So go do that. Thomas sent you. It'll be a fun old time. It's how we sent you. It's yeah, no,
1: kind of funny. I like to me. imagine that's the reason it's doing so well. I think it's me
0: specifically. Greg. Well, yeah, you okay. haven't seen the tweets. I have oh seen man, the Mike tweets. tweets a lot. That's gonna be hard to get back. To that's to gonna that, be bro. good. Um, the first topic of the day is why you need to play Mad Max. Mm. This is brought up by one Colin
2: Moriarty. Mm. Well, I figured that we can't do a proper review of it because mm-hmm. no one else is going to play it. So, uh, but I did want to talk about it. Because uh, a people enjoyed the episodes, the little clips we did of Until Dawn and Metal Gear Solid 5, in which we just talked about the games and why we liked them. So, I figure we'll just kind of I'll present the game uh, to you guys, just like we did with those, and then you can ask questions and air your comments and concerns about just a fantastic game. My, that's my Mad first Max. question,
1: actually. Mm-hmm. Is since technically this is going up to we're recording today, right. but it'll
2: go up later. Mm-hmm. Are
1: you ready to declare it game of the decade? Because anybody who's been watching Colin and Greg Live knows that it went from Mad Max is okay, Mad Max is good, Mad Max is fantastic today in real time, tomorrow will clearly be game of the year. I
2: never said it was okay. I always said it was good. Uh so Mad Max is an open world third person game uh by Avalanche, the proper Avalanche studio. So I mean there's two studios now at Avalanche. The the American team's doing just cause. So the team up in Scandinavia is doing um did this game. Did Mad Max. And uh, it's based on the Mad Mad Max lore, kind of. You play Matt as Max, but it's re- just like any Mad Max movie. Really, really don't really need to know what's going on uh, in the story to understand what the world, like the, the, the stakes of the world. Um, I'd always say, especially with Fury Road, but I think even with the trilogy, um, that Mad Max doesn't really have a plot. It's like it's just about the world, and, and Yeah, it's, it's that's what's so cool about it is that it's very. I feel like it's the first one is very plot heavy, but the, the it's more about the world. Sure. I think and, like what happens in that world and stuff like that, and how quickly it decays, which I think is cool because a lot of um, a lot of post-apocalyptic stories are about like The Road, for instance, is about like we don't know what happened and it's sometime afterwards or um, like a couple decades afterwards, or The Last of Us is a couple decades afterwards, or Fallout's hundreds of years later. But with Mad Max, it's it ha- it seems to happen. The disaster is nondescript, all encompassing, and it seems to happen pretty quick. Um, so. The game is a lot of fun, and I think that it's being somewhat criminally overlooked by a lot of people. And I understand Metal Gear Solid Five; I'm sure is probably a better kind game, of a big deal. Um, but uh, I think that Mad Max stands up pretty nicely on its own. I'm not quite sure why they decided to release it on the same day as Metal Gear. I think they had plenty of time to not do that. Um, if they released it a couple weeks earlier, I think more people would have played it. It would have sold many more copies, probably. But the game uh, combines uh, some Batman-like uh, combat. I think dumbed down uh, a little bit from Batman, but I think. I personally don't feel like Batman. I, I know people like Batman; that's great. I, I enjoy playing those games too. I don't, I don't find the combat deep at all in those games. A lot of people, so this is dumbed down based on what you already said is not deep. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Um, you're basically just mashing the button. And I know people are like, "Well, you can do this, this, and this," in Batman. And I'm like, "Well, the game doesn't force you to do it. You don't have to do anything." You know? Yeah. If the game wants to be clever, it should force you to be clever. Um, this game doesn't make any pretenses about being clever. You're basically just hitting the square button to attack, and then hitting the triangle button when someone tries to attack you to counter them. Gotcha. Circle to kind of roll out of the way and something like that. So it's very basic, but I feel I find the combat to be quite visceral and quite satisfying mad max has this thing called a a a fury meter where you like the more combo you get like you get more and more angry basically more powerful in your attacks you start healing yourself as you attack he does things like body slam people and do all it's actually quite for as simple as it is in premise it's actually quite simple you also have a shotgun but you have very limited ammo so you don't have to use it and i don't use it really at all um and uh, what about the enemies you're going up against they have guns uh, none of them that I fought yet had have guns, uh, except for snipers. They have guns, Sure, but everyone's ammo is somewhat scarce. There might be enemies in the future with, with shotguns or something like that. Um, but people have like baseball bats and just use fists and brass knuckles and stuff. Um, now the, the one thing I think is really great about Mad Max is its style. And I, and I was telling Greg that, uh, I think that no game makes a desert look prettier. This isn't technically a desert. It's it used to be ocean, I guess, but, um, but than like except for journey than Mad Max. Like the game's actually really beautiful. And uh re- there's actually like stunning vistas and uh really just a really quite a lot of quite a lot of time put into the environments. And I think the environment's really cool. And also the enemies are cool because what, what's so fascinating to me about Mad Max's uh, world is that everyone's fucking crazy. It reminds me a lot of what I've read and heard about theories about Batman about how everyone's insane in that world, even Batman. Yeah. And it's just a level of how insane or not insane you are. Sure. Um, And that's kind of the case in this world. Like, Max is just as crazy in many ways as everyone else in the world. Interesting. Um, It's just that everyone else in the world has lost their minds. And so you get a lot of really cool um, enemy types and people painting their faces and just fighting with whatever and eating dog food to survive and maggots and all sorts of things. It's just a really dead and, and dire world. So it's cool to explore that. I understand why some people are not paying attention to it, but I think that the... The game's fun. It's very. There's a lot to do. It's very inspired, I think, by Ubisoft games in terms of big worlds and what you, especially Far Cry. I think in which you kind of go from territory to territory and and kind of unlock things in those territories and take over forts and destroy things and kind of slowly bring it back under your control.
1: So you're talking about you understand why people are overlooking it. Mm -hmm. Talk about. Do you understand why reviewers didn't like it? Why why it got middling scores?
2: Yeah, I think. I mean, frankly, no. I I I, I actually I talked to you about. I think people are being unusually hard on this game. Yeah. And that's fine. I mean, you know, people are entitled not to like the game. I mean, if people don't like the game, that's fine. I'm not calling anyone in the question about that. But the general way I've heard people talk about the game is like, I'm a little confused about why people feel a certain way about it. For instance, I've read a lot about how it's like very samey and some of the character models are the same or some of the places you go are the same. And I'm like, first of all, I've not really found that, especially with the locations. I think the locations are quite diverse. But even if that's the case, like, we loved Fallout 3 with its four character models and its uh, like three interiors um and a, a world frankly the capital wasteland frankly a much less compelling world than this so mm-hmm. um and the same thing with new vegas and i love those games very much i'm am not saying these games are as good as fallout i'm saying that those those worlds have hold nothing they have, have nothing compared to sure, mm-hmm. to like the mad max world in terms of how dire it is um so yeah like i, I think people i think do you think i'm sorry go ahead i was just going to say ahead. i think it might be a product of people and this is what i've been predicting for a long time is people are getting tired of open world games and I'm kind of getting tired of them too, but I think that I I like what this particular world holds for hold. Do you think that the reason
1: people are being hard on this one in you're comparing it to Fallout, you're comparing it to just cause these different things? Is there anything Mad Max excels at? You're talking about the combat is repetitive. You know, what I mean it's it's a dumb, it's even dumbed down versus Batman, which you don't like. Mm-hmm. The you know environments are repetitive. Is there a story that's bringing it all together that makes it awesome?
2: Well, so. I think that the first of all, I think the environments are repetitive because the world's fucking dead. So like, like what, like what are you supposed to look at? Like, I this is the one thing I said about Mad Max that I think resonated with me as a Mad Max fan, a fan of the lore, but also just a fan of the game is that this might just have been as good as they could have done because Mm -hmm. the world of Mad Max isn't. There's nothing funny about it. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like and there's no normal people in it. It's not like Fallout where people are like trying to make like like no, lead kind of normal lives and stuff like that. and There's a kind of a comedic edge to it. Like I don't find that in Mad Max's world. The world's fucking dead and everyone's trying to kill each other. They're eating each other. You know, yeah. they they're like it's just a decaying, totally collapsing world full of sandstorms and awful weather and uh, things turn on a dime. Now, you were talking about the story. There is a story and I don't think the story is very important and I don't think the story is very compelling. The one thing I like about the story more than anything else are the little things you call you find called history relics, which are pictures and stuff in like, notes that you find where it shows the world before Decatur while it was decaying and how the world remained normal even when it was decaying until like a turning point happened in which everything kind of fell apart. And I like it because Max doesn't really speak very much in the game, but he speaks a lot when you pick up these relics. Mm. He like he, he like, talks to himself about like the pestilence that happened and the crops failing and the water disappearing sure. and how we took everything for granted and stuff like that. And I think there's like a more, much like a George, anything George Miller touches, I guess, in this, in respect of this franchise, there's a deeper kind of meaning if you mm. want to find it. But there's that's not maybe the reason you'd play the game.
0: So what no. sounds interesting to me is that why did this need to be a video game? Because you're saying this is as good as it you think it can get for a Mad Max thing. And it just sounds like, okay, so the plot's not that good and the combat's not that deep. But then it's like, well, why? Why isn't it just a movie? You know, I feel like with Batman, like being like the days of licensed things being bad is essentially like not a fact anymore. It's not. It's, like, ne- and it's, it's not no a longer a guarantee. conclusion it's, yeah, that yeah. it's, it's going to be bad. Uh, but with Batman, you know, people like Batman. A Batman game makes sense. You know, being able to play as Batman makes sense. Being able to play Mad Max isn't necessarily something like seeing the like the the movies. It's not like I need to play this. You know?
2: Yeah, I don't, I don't, I mean, this is the first time they really tried to do something like this, and I, I don't necessarily disagree that however cursorily it, it's related to, you know, Fury Road, it seems clear like those those were trying to be aligned with each other. Sure, cash in. Yeah. Um, you know, back years, um, even when the movie finally got off the ground after many years of trying to make it. But yeah, I mean, it's a valid question, and I don't necessarily think this game's for everyone. I, I would, like, I feel like a game I really enjoy, like Dying Light, um, can relate to a lot of people, I feel like. Even a game like Arkham Knight, which I think is overrated, is still a fun game, and I understand why people like it, and I think it's got great presentation value. I think the reason that I think it's not going to get much better than Ma- for Mad Max in this is the same reason why I think you probably couldn't make a much a very like a a nine point five or a ten game on the road. Like the road is is my favorite post apocalyptic anything that's ever been made, but it's like really dire and dark. And at some point, like there's no hope in that world. And Mad Max, there's no hope. The whole the whole so, story about him trying to find a place that doesn't even exist, so he doesn't have to live in this world anymore. That's okay, what the story's okay. about. Yeah, because I mean, the immediate way to pinprick that theory would be The Last of Us, but there's hope in The Last of Us, so I'm with you. Yeah, exactly. The Last of Us is all about hope. Yeah, and in, in, in a way, it doesn't start out that way, but it 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 starts out with a lot mm-hmm. of loss. But I mean, it, The Last of Us becomes mm-hmm. all about hope. Sure. Um, and hope solo, hope solo, exactly. Um, so like I, I I'm a little conflicted on on Mad Max in terms of like I kind of get why people might not it might not resonate with people. I think it's a bit more about people's sensibilities to worlds that have no redeeming qualities to them because. That's what Mad Max is, and that's why I've always really been drawn to it. It got it gets a little campy and weird at times, and as things like from that era do. But you know, I think that uh, the game is worth playing. I think if you like games where you check boxes, which is basically what this is, then I think you're really going to like it because there's a lot of boxes to check. Mm -hmm. There's super deep customization options in terms of upgrading your character. Um, well let me let me let me back up like there's there's a, the systems are actually surprisingly deep, and I like them, although I don't know that everyone would like them mm-hmm. so there's like these there's like hundreds of challenges that you complete. The challenges can be like kill ten guys with this thing, eat dog food five times, find thirty thousand units of water whatever it is yeah. and then you for each one you check off the, it will just pop up and it'll be like you completed this one and then you get an experience point then you use the experience points. To uh, upgrade your character, and you unlock like higher and higher levels, and like you're, so you're ranked. There's like ten rankings, or whatever. Um, and with e- within each ranking is like ten sub rankings where you can like you know put your points into like getting more health or doing more damage or finding more loot when you you know like those kinds of things. So there's like that upgrade system. Then there's like a whole thing about uh, the Magnum Opus, which is your car. And how you can upgrade that. And there's, like, I think 18 different ways you can upgrade that. And each way you upgrade it, there's, like, could be up to, like, a dozen ways to upgrade it within each of those things. So, like, you're upgrading the fender. You're upgrading the wheels. You're upgrading the tires. You're upgrading, like, your defenses and all that kind of stuff. So there's that whole thing. Then there's, like, dozens of cars to find. Like, you can jack other gangs' cars and, like, add them to your collection use them in races and all those kinds of things to earn more experience points. Um, and then there's... Uh, so, like, there's there's just a series of things to unlock. Mm-hmm. There's, like, fortresses that you unlock, and then you build them up and so like that. So it's just a game where you're, like, slowly just becoming more powerful. Um, and you just either have to have the motivation to do that or not. So in each territory, there are, like... Gangs running that territory, and so like you have to disrupt their supply chains. You have to you have to find their minefields and destroy them. You have to find their watchtowers, and they they put things up called scarecrows that show that they own this territory. You like rip them down with your car. They have like fortresses and own oil like oil encampments where they're like still harvesting oil or water. Or whatever you destroy those, and like slowly you just the map just turns from red to yellow in like these mm-hmm. little places, and so it's it's, it's very Far Cry like, and I love Far Cry. So yeah, Far Cry, right? Um, because I think Far Cry just gives you all these boxes to check. There's a lot of shit to do in the game. Um, so it's not, if you're looking for a game with like very literal, like last of us, like plot, you're not going to find that in Mad Max. That's not what Mad Max is about. Mm -hmm. And so I think that anyone who's looking for something like that doesn't really understand Mad Max and that's, and that's fine, you know, Mm -hmm. but that's still a valid complaint. if That's what you're looking for. I just don't think that you would go into Mad Max looking for that. Fury Road is awesome. And Fury Road is not really about. Anything. It's yeah. a, it's about a man and his and his, and him trying to help these concubines, or whatever, get away from this thing. But all of the storytelling is in the aesthetic. It's not in the in no the one's telling plot exactly. There's no plot. Like there's no Fury Road is a two hour side quest.
1: Mm-hmm. And that's, does, did you see it? Yeah, oh, I don't did you me, like it? Yeah. yeah, I watched on a plane the way oh, movies right. are meant to be watched on the back of a Virgin America screen. Good lord. Um, God forbid you put it out day, day and date digital. I watched on my TV. The point I'm making there though is the fact, and that does isn't an insult, but it is like people, you know, at the end. Spoilers. Matt, Matt, you know, Max turns his back and walks away, right? To, onto his next adventure. You know what I mean? It's totally just like, I could totally, this isn't about him. This is just like some side thing that popped. The yeah. uh, exclamation mark went <laughs> off as he was walking and, and right. got engaged with it. Yeah. I, I
2: think as Mad Max has gone on through these films, like it's become less about Max. Max is almost like an avatar. It's about, it's about, right. it's about the world. Mm-hmm. The world is the story. The world is the main character. The And like... So in, in Fury Road, to me, that movie was awesome. I fucking love that movie. I think the movie's extraordinarily good, but it has very little dialogue. It's it uses a lot of camera tricks. It's all about like people jumping on the cars and fucking fighting each other. But like that's not really what it's about. Yeah. You know? It's a little bit about hope and a little bit about lost hope and a little bit about family and, and decay and all of these kinds of things. I think the movie's actually a lot deeper than even people give it credit for, but it's not literal. Mm-hmm. And I think that a lot of that can be found in this game. I wouldn't compare Avalanche's Mad Max with Fury Road. I think Fury Road is an extraordinary movie. I don't think that Mad Max is an extraordinary game at any time. Because to answer Greg's question that he asked a while ago, it's like, what does it do extraordinarily well or like do, do exceptionally well? Probably nothing. Mm-hmm. You know? But it does everything it does very good. Like, very well. Like, and, that's, and I think that that's more than a lot of games can say.
0: Yeah. I think the biggest thing going against it is the, the Metal Gear thing and the fact that everyone's playing Metal Gear and they came out the same date. But do you think that, that really is going to affect this game in the sense that how you're describing this, it really sounds like you need to like Mad Max a lot. You like the world, and then you will you will enjoy it because you enjoy what Mad Max is. Would it be enjoyable to people that aren't Mad Max
2: players if this game had come out in a time when there wasn't other games around? I think it would have helped just in the sense that, like, if it came out in July, it would have been a little closer to Fury Road. People would have seen Mad Max and they would have bought it, right? So, I think that there's some association to sales. And I th- no, I'm not even talking about sales, though. I'm talking
0: about would people enjoy the game? You know, maybe, I feel maybe like not. Now they're not because they're all playing Metal Gear. But I feel like the people that want to play Mad Max, regardless of Metal Gear, are still going to play it because they're Mad Max fans.
2: Well, I think that I think people are playing. I think more people are playing Mad Max than people realize. And I think that I think that. Um, I mean, I, people tweet me all the time about the game they're playing and, and and I even got you know one one you know buddy of ours for that we know through our shows in the past, where reached out to me, he was like, I'm surprised by how much I like Mad Max, and I think that's that's kind of the feedback that I've been getting is when you see a game along a spectrum where it's getting like nines and it's getting like fives, that's not really that common for a AAA game. Usually, people settle a little more. There's always an outlier, but people settle a little bit more in some place. And some people, like, fucking are blown away by this game, which I'm not blown away by it. And some people are, like, don't like it at all and think it's boring and sterile, and I don't agree with that either. Um, so, no, I, I think there are probably a, a prerequisites. I think more than liking Mad Max, because, again, I think you can go into this without having ever seen Mad Max and, and get something out of it. It's more about liking unique and different kind of post-apocalyptic worlds that uh, that, you know, aren't necessarily... Trying to shove a story or character mm-hmm. down your throat as much as it's trying to shove just an experience down your throat. And I think that there's like, I, I, maybe I'm reading too much into it, maybe I'm reading too much into Mad Max generally and always have, but I just feel like there's something about that world that demands some thought. And I think that that is juxtaposed intentionally against its clown like enemies and its over the top car combat and all these things that are very easy to understand. And you just have to rectify those two things. And I think that's the whole idea. It's like these car these, these fucking gangs are dressed like clowns, basically, and are just jumping from car to car and killing themselves. Like they don't care. And that doesn't seem to make any sense with a world that is deep and decaying and there's something to be said about the world sure. and the world that used to be there. But I think that's the idea. Mm-hmm. So I recommend Mad Max. Maybe maybe people will not you know, if you're not like totally sold on, maybe wait till it's forty dollars, thirty dollars, I'm sure it's gonna get discounted pretty severely uh, yeah. at some point. So maybe you wait, but um, but I do think timing is everything. I don't understand why they selected this time. I do think it's going to hurt the game. I think it is hurting the game. Um, but I still think the game's doing well. I still I still expect that old chart on NPD mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Um, Interesting. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we'll see. So, I mean, that's Mad Max. I don't know if I, I told, did a good job talking about it. That's about as much as we're going to talk about it, because I don't expect anyone else to really play it. So we can't do a, a review, at least mm-hmm. a timely one. Um, but I think I'm. a lot of people think I'm trying to be contrarian by not playing Metal Gear, and that's going to get into our next topic. Yeah. But I am playing Mad Max I'm excited. I've been excited about Mad Max for a while. And I'm glad that I finally played it. It the way I explained it to Greg was that it didn't it didn't meet my expectations if I was expect I was expecting something great out of Avalanche, like really, really fantastic out of Avalanche, a year ago. And then when they stopped talking about it and things seemed kind of muddled, and I was like, all right, something's wrong with this game. But there's actually not anything wrong with it. It's just is what it is, and uh, yeah, and that's it the does, problem, It does, it 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 does like. what it does well, and that's, that's the whole thing. Know. Is just
1: there's it's, there's nothing wrong with it, but there's nothing great yeah. about it. You know what I mean? Like I'm th- listening to you talk about, it, I'm like, yeah, that sounds great. But I'd, I, you know, by the time I'm done with Metal Gear or whatever, you know, maybe I jump back into The Witcher if I want those check boxes marked. If I don't want that world, maybe I'll just wait for Just Cause Three in December, which looks amazing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like. That's its biggest thing. It's not just Metal Gear. I just think that it's coming out against a bunch of
2: other things where there are games doing. We're getting to things a point where there's a way. lot of
0: games coming out that are going to be awesome.
2: Yeah, I will say this though, like the and I, I want to say this about The Witcher. I know it's not gonna be a popular thing, but the more I've thought about The Witcher in my time with it, I enjoyed it, but it's like not this be all end all game. Like it's just not, and, and in my mind, you know, and I think like people are giving. It's story a little too much credit, and it's side quest a little too much credit, and stuff. I don't, I think it's a fun game, I think it's an enjoyable game, I think it's one of the, the, the better games of the year, for sure, I enjoyed my time with it, but I don't necessarily think Witcher is the high mark of open world role-playing games or storytelling at all, and, and so that's not necessarily a congruent comparison to me, in terms of like, well, I'd go back to the Witcher to check these boxes, and I'm like, well, the, if we're talking about checking boxes, I'm not so sure Witcher does it better than Mad Max, you know, like, yep. but that's just my opinion, I feel like people are really high on this game, um, and I'm kind of questioning in some ways why, and that's coming from someone who spent like 80 hours with it. So yeah. it's not like I didn't see something in it; I enjoyed sure. it very much. But right? I think it's back to what I was saying, right? You're saying the fact that it's among the best games of the year, right? Witcher does something great. Mad Max doesn't sound like it does anything great. I think Witcher's world is what's great about it, yeah. and its characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah def- definitely. I mean, I'm, I'm, again, I, I want to clear, be clear that I like The Witcher. No, yeah, you put a bunch. Very of time much. Into it. It. I, yeah. I might even like it more than mad max but i'm trying to say in terms of a procedural kind of like i'm looking to just play and check boxes i'm not so sure if you're just mm-hmm. playing these two games that one is necessarily that much better than the other you know um mm-hmm. but that's just my take on it i will say driving around the car in the wasteland very satisfying very satisfying <laughs> that world is very dark and dire man i I love it um winds like these terrible storms just happen out of nowhere too and you have to like find shelter and so it's just a, it's a pretty game they made a pretty game too but I'm going to be interested to see what like, what, uh, what people out there think of it. Yeah, um, I know that a lot of people are busy. With, this is a game that they're going to get to later, and so we'll probably have like kind of a more retroactive conversation mm-hmm. about it in the near future as opposed to, like, this isn't the game of the right now. This is bad timing. I don't know why Avalanche did that. But, um, but yeah, I, I, I'd be interested for, for to hear what people think about it. Yeah. I, if I you're playing
0: I, it, go over to the, the forums, com yep. slash forums, Please and uh, make a topic about a thread there will be a time up about it by
2: now. Yeah, probably. And, and you should let us know your thoughts. I don't think you'd like it, but I think you should. You should. I wanted to retire it. it. Yeah. yeah, Yeah.
0: So something I do like, Metal Gear Solid Five. Mm-hmm. My God, mm-hmm. I'm loving it. I'm loving it so, so much. I'm you so, so happy to see it.
1: you. When you started tweeting about it this week, I was like, yes, oh, finally. God.
0: It's just it's so good. Yeah, and it's good for all the reasons that I have been complaining about, being scared about it. Going all into the Peace Walker it. stuff, all the yeah. open world. Although, man, I don't like open world. we've discussed this so many times I don't like that I don't like the lack of the Metal Gear story that I've been hearing about I don't like um, how much shit that I have to do that's not just linear yeah playing it all that's out the window I'm like I love this game I'm having fun I want to keep playing it and the story so far is that I'm I don't think it's it's different, and it's not as given to me piece by piece as I'm, I'm used to, yeah. but it's like, it's getting there. It's sure. all coming together. Have you listened to those cassette tapes, son? Yeah, and I've been listening, and, I've, and I love that. Yeah. It's, I have issues with it. I it's don't a like. dumb way to do it because I don't listen to
1: them. I'm listening to them now 85 hours later when I'm doing side ops. When I'm yeah. doing the you know, side op X for the 15th time. That's when I'm like, yeah, what, tell me about Afghanistan. Yeah, so tell me all about it. Exactly. What's what, happening?
2: What's
0: going on in the world in Afghanistan? Yeah. But uh, what I don't like about it is you don't see their faces like with the yep. codex. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. And a lot of the voices in this game, I'm like, you all sound exactly the same. Really?
1: Like, oh, Miller yeah. and Ocelot?
0: Uh, a lot of the, yeah, just a lot of the, the, the tapes. I'm like, yeah. I don't know who's talking. And mm-hmm. Snake as well. It's like well,
1: he, just knows, he doesn't talk. But when he does talk, it's like
0: <laughs> he doesn't talk enough for me to like identify sure. with that the, the voice at all. Anyways, like the, there's all, all those issues I have with it. But I'm loving it as a huge fan of the Metal Gear franchise. Right now, the reason you're not playing this is that you feel like you haven't played enough of the the prequels or the the prior games well, to be able to play this.
2: Well, there's two reasons. A is that I just am not that interested in it, and there's other games that I'd rather play. I'd rather play, I'd authentically rather play Mad Max and Metal Gear. It just speaks to me more. Um, but yeah, it's something that Greg and I were talking about that I thought would be an interesting conversation, which is like, also, I played just a very little bit of 3 and maybe like half of 4 and not I didn't play Peace Walker. So, I'm a huge fan of Metal Gear Solid 1 and 2 and I'm a huge fan of the original Metal Gear, um, which I think is actually like a, a fantastic game, uh, especially for its time. Uh, but, yeah, it brought up a question to me of like, I'm seeing a lot of people not playing, having never played a Metal Gear game before. Uh, this series with 28-year uh, history mm-hmm. now, yeah. and 29-year history, and never playing a Metal Gear game, and then jumping into this one. yeah, And I was like, it, it's not a right or wrong kind of answer, because I think that it's a case-by-case kind of basis. I think there are some things that you obviously shouldn't jump into without having experienced other things first, and there are some things that you could do that. And this might be a game for that, but it still strikes me as weird, and I feel inauthentic being either excited or wanting to play Metal Gear Solid 5 when I'm not even sure what happened in 3 at all and then in 4 I have no idea what, how it ended and in, right. I never played Beastwalker. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like that brought up a question which is open-ended question without a right or wrong answer which is like what, what, should people be allowed to jump into a series and is it more of a case, they should be allowed to do whatever they want, but is it is it smart to be able yeah. to jump into a series? And and the example that I wanted to use of of uh, Witcher we just brought up is a great example. I didn't play Witcher 1 or 2, mostly because I heard Witcher 1 isn't very good, and Witcher 2 I just never got around to play. Uh, and so I jumped into Witcher 3, and I think I got something out of it, and I enjoyed my time with it. Sure. But I also know I was missing a lot. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I don't talk about Witcher in any authoritative way, even though i spent more time with it than probably most people, because... I don't think that I'm in a position to do that, yeah. and I think that it would be kind of inauthentic of me to be like, I'm a Witcher fan. you know. Yeah. I don't know anything about it. I don't even know two-thirds of Witcher. But
1: now you could be because you've played that game. I think it's inauthentic to say I'm a Metal Gear Solid fan and not having played anything for Metal Gear Solid but only knowing what you've seen in Metal Gear Solid 5 trailers. If you yeah. sit down to play it, I think it's a different story. I think you could finish a game that's the fifth installment, the third installment for the first time, and then be like, now nah, I'm a fan of this franchise, mm-hmm. this world.
0: And I think that games, especially nowadays, they're designed to bring in new audiences and playing the different Metal Gear games just from a gameplay perspective. It's like this franchise specifically, story-wise, are you going to be lost as hell? Yes, but it doesn't matter. You can have played all the games. You're still going to be lost. And also, the story, at least so far, you don't need to have played the other things. They tell you everything. Pretty, if pretty there's something up. that
1: you need to know, they usually t- like the whole like I mean they recap Ground Zeroes right in mission the beginning of mission one, or no the bridge between mission one and two, and two yeah. yeah yeah
0: and it's like they give you enough like I I did think that wasn't as fleshed out as it should have been sure like I think I don't understand why Ground Zeroes wasn't part of this game I'm happy it wasn't because I already played it but yeah, it's like I feel like that's kind of key but
1: oh you, you wish they would have just included just it on the had disc? that be a mission yeah gotcha, gotcha gotcha
0: um but the the recap they did it does give you the the bullet points of right. what you need to know. And that's just from a story perspective. But from a gameplay perspective, it's such a different game from 4. I mean, it's more similar to Peace Walker. But even then, it's different. Yeah. And it's like, I feel like you could be a fan of Metal Gear Solid 5. You know? You don't need to be a fan of Metal Gear Solid to be able to... I
1: mean, this is what we always go back to when I talk about in the review, right, is the fact that I think Kojima took to heart, you know, criticisms from all of them, but especially 4, right? Because 4 and 5 are the perfect examples for what we're talking about here you and I fought tooth and nail at the old job to keep Metal Gear Solid 4 off every PS3 Top 25 list. And I'm the second opinion on the Perfect 10 Masterpiece, and I still think it's a masterpiece, but I think Metal Gear Solid 4 is a masterpiece for Metal Gear Solid 5 fans. Sorry, Metal Gear Solid fans. If you don't know anything about the Metal Gear, under no circumstance, start with 4. Mm-hmm. You will have no idea what's happening, why this matters, why it's insane to go back to Shadow Moses. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like All the moments in that game where I was like, oh my god, like they're lost on you
0: I feel like the gameplay Is plot driven in 4 Yeah exactly and no, much totally. more so Than any of the other Yeah 100% In Metal,
1: Metal Gear Solid 5 Is the continuation Of all the criticism From that Where as I always said Peace Walker was A great standalone story You can drop in All you need to know Is that you're the super soldier You killed your mentor You were kind of In love with her There's a lot of questions Oh my god There's a tape with her voice on it Recorded last week What do you do That's all you need to know And that's explained In the very beginning In one awesome You know Animated cutscene Or comic book cutscene You're mm-hmm. out there And it's the same thing With 5 for the most part right? of just like you wake up and the prologue is meant to be completely disorienting even if you have played this game you don't know exactly what's happening it's scary it's frightening you're terrified of what's happening and then you get the little recap after that of like Mm -hmm. where we are in the story and then you go and the the hook to this game is the gameplay it's not like Metal Gear 2 where it was like if you were if you weren't a fan, you're even more lost than usual. And who is this solidist And what, really, he was the president, but he has octopus arms. What the hell's happening? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> this is the point of this game is to get people involved and get yeah. them in there. And what's
0: and, really interesting to me is like seeing our Facebook group. Like every day for the last two months, someone made a new topic. Do I need to play through mm, the mm-hmm. the first four yeah, and yeah. a half Metal Gear games or whatever it is? Not a half, but. Uh, four plus Metal Gear games to be able to play this and it's like it got to the point where people were getting upset it's like guys check the freaking thing people are asking this every day well
1: maybe it's just because Facebook's a garbage pile and you can't keep any there's threads everywhere how do I know what any of this is so go to the
0: forums talk there but the thing with that though is the fact that this is a question people are discussing whether or not because people do feel like inauthentic or whatever I think that's less of a that's more of a hardcore gamer thing where it's like a pride point for someone like you that's like very prideful of games that you play and you know the legacy that all that has but I also just think from uh, there's a lot of people that just want to enjoy this thing and they want to know can I enjoy it w- the, I mean the dozens of
1: tweets I've gotten and I want to even say dozens a day of people who are like oh man your, your let's plays and your review sold me on it's my first Metal Gear and I love it it's like great that's awesome you know what I mean because that is always the concern that I'm like yeah you could jump into Metal Gear 5 but I've you know loved this game and this this story forever, right? Mm -hmm. Now to your other point, Witcher three, right? Witcher three was the one where it was coming out, it was getting hyped and all this cool stuff, and I'm like, this sounds like what I want right now. I want a world to get lost and I want all this stuff. And jumping in and playing it, like totally, I'm enjoying it. I was having a great time, and I'm like, I love Triss. Triss is awesome. I'm gonna have sex with her, and I did. And I was like, I choose you, Pokemon, and I'm like, you're gonna be my girlfriend. And then Yennefer shows up, and I'm like, oh, man, Yennefer's such a bitch, da-da-da-da-da. And then I tell that to Christine, which was a huge mistake, because she went back and played one and two to get ready for three. Like, she'd never played them before, so she's like, Miss Witcher, right? And she's like, you don't even know. And she dumps all this information on about the story on me that I was like, didn't know any of that. Uh, that was never explained in the game. Maybe if I would have gone back and read, you know, all the appendices or whatever, maybe I would have seen mm-hmm. it or whatever. But didn't know that, but... For me, I'm still enjoying it going forward, but I am definitely not connected to it like you are. Right? Mm-hmm. She's putting up YouTube videos every day, d- debating choices and what happened here. And I was always like, oh, I don't kill it, sure, Tris. You know what I mean? Like it's just an easier thing for me because I don't have that investment.
0: Yeah,
2: yeah. I think it, I mean I think to me it's a case by case kind of basis, and that's what I was saying. Like I don't know if there's a really a right or wrong answer. Like the right answer for me with Metal Gear Solid Five is I have no business playing that game. Um, Really, at the end of the day, like I, I don't get like that. And, and and to me it's like because I know Metal Gear Solid One, and I know Metal Gear Solid Two. Metal Gear Solid 3 just didn't speak. Metal Gear Solid 3 got way too granular. Metal Gear Solid 4 was just not very good, in my opinion. And I really want to go back and play those games again and just experience it. But I think also my mindset is based on what I think Metal Gear should be and not what Metal Gear has mm. become. Um, in the sense that, like, I was dismayed and actually really disappointed and even more turned off when I heard that the game, like, has no story. I was like, how is that even possible? It has a story. Just it's like, just not the traditional Metal yeah, Gear Yeah, but like. But see, like, that's the
0: thing, though. And having played, uh, I'm like 15 hours in now, like, I'm right there with you. Like I'm, I play Metal Gear mainly for the story. The gameplay is like second to me. But it's like this is totally winning me over the other way. Where the gameplay is awesome, and there is a story. All those reviews scared me. Like even talking to Gray early on, I was like, oh man, getting it, playing. It, there is story. It's like it's not like those things aren't there. It is very Metal Gear. Like I was even telling Gray this last night. Like there's, I was worried that there wasn't like that group. You know, like the the enemies that you're like, oh shit, there's these scary things out there that I'm gonna have to fight. They're there. You know, they don't, they're not as – But you said that they weren't there.
1: They're not – but he's talking about the skull unit and their skull face and then they're the skulls or whatever. Yeah,
0: there is – so but skull face is like the character. it's not like there's not Fat Man,
1: there's not Fortune, there's not – Yeah, it's not, they're not
0: like individual personalities, but there is a group of them. And it's like – it. I don't think it's as dire as you think it might be because, I mean, at least it wasn't for me. And I was worried. I was so scared about not liking it because of those things.
2: Yeah, my intent is to uh, get to it eventually and, like, it's not really a priority. That um, uh, for me, I just need to play three and four. I don't think I'm gonna play Peace Walker. I just don't really want to. But so like that, I, what's I, interesting
0: about that is like you just you don't need to.
2: But I feel like I should not. I might not need to, but I feel like I should. Like I, I just feel like first of all, going backwards after playing five is probably gonna be really difficult. Yeah. And uh, in terms of gameplay mechanics, especially with yeah. tank control, especially the way three feels. Um, although three is you know an improvement from one and two. And four obviously is very different um, in terms of gameplay, but it's just it was just one of those things where I was like, uh, like I I consider myself a Metal Gear fan up to a certain point in time, and so I would I've always meant to go back and play those games again, and this might be the good excuse to do it. But I also think about you know I think about my own my the own, like my, the games that I've jumped into without having any context. Witcher is a great idea, a great one, and how I, I didn't like to Greg's point. I didn't really know what I was missing, and ignorance is kind of bliss. But no offense to the Witcher series which is based on you know Polish novels and people really enjoy those games and enjoy those stories And they're probably more coherent stories, maybe even better told stories than Metal Gear. But no one's running around really worry, wondering about like and dissecting the shit out of Witcher lore compared to the way that they do with Metal Gear. And so, like I like Metal Gear is like really almost an an anomaly even amongst story driven games in terms of how people are obsessed with it and like people have different interpretations of the same exact things that are happening. And so, I want to be able to go back and play it. It struck me as a bizarre game for people to jump into without no without any context. And I understand people. Are are doing that and they're enjoying it. I'm glad people need to do what they need to do, but it doesn't. It's not like Castlevania or something where Mega Man, where it's like it doesn't really matter. Like there's a story if you care, but it doesn't really matter. Especially with Mega Man, it's the same story over and over again.
0: It's not like that, but it's still somewhere along the line there was the break between gameplay and story with Metal Gear, and I think that that it. Well, I think even uh, it was like it was four that took the first.
1: Four was the one where it's it. I think you saw the branching path of where they wanted to go.
0: Yeah, four, like, one, two, and three, you see the very clear, like, line. Four was the one where they changed the gameplay entirely, made it an action game, and then it was a story game. Like, you, you needed to play the other ones to get that, at least one and two. Three helps a lot, and you'd have to play that. Then Peace Walker was just, all right, we're gonna take the gameplay elements of four and give it a standalone story, and this is kind of just... The continuation of that. So really, Peace Walker is the one that you you need to play in order to understand any of the story and stuff like that. All the like the obviously, if you play through all of them, you're going to get the little details here and there that make it more complete. But I mean, at least so far, there's nothing that I'm like, oh man, I'm happy I played through all the other Metal Gears to know all of this. Yeah, stuff. I
2: respect that. I think I just respect the Like I think what people give a Kojima. I guess what I'm saying is that I feel like this is my way of respecting what Kojima has done, which is to say, like I don't want to just I don't want to just run to the end. You know, like there's middle chapters that might not be that pertinent that I still feel like are important for me to understand. And a lot of people give Kojima shit for his kind of over the top storytelling and stuff like that. But I think that's part of his charm. I think that's almost, I think that's 90% of Metal Gear's charm. You know, there are Mm -hmm. games that play better than Metal Gear. There are games that look better than Metal Gear. And I'm talking about all of them.
0: Well, not five, though. That's the thing, man. Like five plays so well and it's beautiful.
2: Like I don't think it's getting enough credit for how amazing it looks. I mean, I've watched Greg play it. I think it's a pretty game. I don't think it's like amongst like, I think it's a very pretty and good looking game. I, in my personal opinion is I don't think it's like the fucking be all end all of games looks. And I don't, and I don't really, I don't care about that either. Uh, that's not really, that's like one of the least important things to me is the way a game looks. It's, it's fun. But this is more of me like not casting any judgments or pause on anyone, but rather to say like I kind of respect the legacy of this game, these games too much. And I still feel like I need, I want to put three back on my Vita and just fucking get through it, you know, yeah. and four, I played half of it, maybe even a little more. And I was like, ah. Eh. Like, just take the time. Take, like, the week it would really take me if I just mm-hmm. did it to get those games out of the way. And then maybe take a look at Peace Walker and just see. Or I could just watch, like, a video that recaps the story or whatever. But I, I just feel like I want to be more authentic. It reminds me a lot of, like, I said there's, like, examples of things that I think you can get away with and things that you can't get away with in terms of story and, like, jumping in and whatever. It's, like, you wouldn't see Return of the Jedi without seeing Empire Strikes Back. Mm-hmm. That wouldn't make any sense. You'd have no content. you no idea what the fuck's going on. You can pretend like you do, but you don't. And you don't know any of these characters, you don't know what the fuck happened to Han, who Boba Fett is, like any of these guys at all. And I think that He's that's a clone that wasn't programmed. And I, and I think that that's like a relevant. I, so I think that there's there's relevant ways to look at both things and to kind of try to pay homage to like the, the whole the entirety of the story or whatever. I hope my hope with Metal Gear Solid 5 with people that are jumping into it fresh and decide to play it without having played the other games is that they do take the time to go back mm-hmm. and look at the other Metal Gear games. And they will last about 10 seconds yeah. as Nick Scarpino did on the plane trying to figure out how to control Metal Gear Solid, Metal Gear Solid 2. Solid 2. Yeah, and that's they just the, don't hold up. And man. that's what I'm saying. Like that might be a problem even for me. So you know, I think who has like a higher tolerance than some of this stuff for some people because I just want to, I want to see things through. But you know, I just don't believe you should play Uncharted two without playing Uncharted. I don't think you should, you know. Uh, th- but you can play like the Killzone games because they're not really story heavy, or like you know you uh, would you really play well, Halo I mean, Five but, uh, with no experience no, 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 no. with Halo? I mean, dialing you, like, it
1: back, you think Uncharted, you can't play. Like I think only, I the only threat is uh, what's on happening with Drake and Elena right now. The rest, they're all like Indiana Jones Pope things. Jump. No, I in, totally jump disagree. I don't think oh, you. Wow. I don't
2: think you. I don't think you appreciate, especially two to three. But I think one to one to. I two. think
1: Killzone has more story in terms of like two to three. I need to know they just fuck. What was his name? Uh, the guy they assassinated on the steps or whatever, and then they put their head in their hands, and then we pick up right after that, and that's why Helgen's even more fucked than usual yeah but it's a, but i have I no point in two are they like in three are like well what about what about the blue sap like no, you want
2: to know what's happening no i understand that but i i, I mean i wouldn't con- compare uncharted story to Killzone story at all i totally don't agree with you on that but in terms of like it's gravity and and stuff like that i think that like if you don't know who sully is or nate you know if you just jump especially if, like you jump into uncharted 3 you don't know like why, why it's a big deal that elaine is there you don't know why it's a big deal that chloe's back and all those kinds of things and you know uh, I don't know I just feel like there's just certain things that you have to kind of respect the story and the through line and you should see it all you know but if you don't want to that's fine that's what I'm saying is like it's not really a judgment call it's like yeah. do what you want I'm just saying that like I'm trying to kind of formulate more um this set of rules in my own head in terms of like how you should approach story driven things and kind of pay respect to it and have the fullest understanding that you possibly can because I do think that that yeah. would add to your enjoyment of the game and so I think that People, like Fallout's another great example. Like Fallout Three, I, it was my first Fallout game, and I never played one and two. And I think you can enjoy Fallout Three without yep. having context to the other games, especially because they're so different. Um, and the same thing with New Vegas, and the same thing probably with Four, um, or the Elder Scrolls games, even though they're interconnected, they're really not. I, so I guess it's just it's just a case by case kind of basis thing. But I just I don't like my own internal feeling of inauthenticity when I'm like, yeah, I want to play Metal Gear Solid Five, and they're like, oh, what'd you think of Four? What'd you think of Three? I'm like, I hated Four, and I don't, you know. It's like, so, like, why are you excited about it? Yeah, like, You know, like, that, that's, like, my own internal kind of struggle with it. So I, I do intend on playing do three and four and maybe Peace Walker before I get to this game. Just so I can feel complete
0: yeah. about the whole and see, experience. I'm with you on that. Like, I, I like playing through everything. Like, I'm a completionist in that way. When I get into something, I want to do all of them. Like, I got on Metal Gear really late in the game. Like, I didn't play until... I didn't start playing Metal Gear Solid until leading up to four. And I've played through all of them, but I was like, I need to play through all of them to to get there. And I'm happy I did, but I just think it, it's different with this one. So I don't know. And I, with, with what about something like Final Fantasy? There's no connection at all.
2: No, I, I mean that's that's what I'm saying. Or Dragon Quest, like these games that really have like very ancillary connections to each other at best. No, I, I don't think that at all. That's why I'm saying it is a case by case basis. If some, I'm trying to think of like a good example of like a, a really release... about Resident Evil Four. I feel like you could play you could play all the Resident Evil games individually, but I do think that like you could not understand the full through line between all of them, which exists without having played all of them. But I do think four was the entry point for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, like yeah, we could sit here all day, and I'm tr- I'm trying to think of like like Grand Theft Auto as an example where it's like it doesn't matter um, which ones you played or whatever. But I do think that I just find it interesting when um, when a story driven game with a lot of lore comes yeah. out. Um and either I'm drawn to it without having any experience, or I watch with what Metal Gear. A lot of other people being drawn to it, and I'm like, that's very interesting to me. But th- I got to be honest, like the more I hear about Metal Gear, the more I don't want to play it. And like I and like that's that's sh- I think so. I think it's just I'm coming from a perspective of a Metal Gear fan that an old Metal Gear fan that would sacrifice gameplay for story, if that if like I had a choice. And I, I think that they did have a choice, and I think they did sacrifice the other way. And uh. That, to me, is, like, just sounds a little bit disappointing. I want, I like, I don't necessarily, I wasn't judging Metal Gear Solid 4's exorbitant cutscenes because they existed. I, I was complaining about them, what, the ones I saw, because they were fucking boring. You know what I mean? If you have something to say, then fucking say it. You know? Like, and, and take the time to say it. That's fine. So I'm, I'm almost disappointed, because I think you're right, that Kojima, like, really took Metal Gear Solid 4's criticisms to heart. And 5 seems to be a total, the, the exact polar opposite. See,
0: I, I think that the, that's just in some ways, though. It's not like a, a real – it's not fair to say that as the end-all be-all because it's just like in certain ways it is different, but it's not like they took it out. It's not like it doesn't exist. And I feel like they, they talked a lot about Five being more of a TV show season as opposed to a movie, and I definitely get that. This feels like an HBO show. This feels like it's being drawn out like longer, but it's still quality. It's still there. So I mean I haven't beat it yet, so I can't say that like that it's the a really great season of TV. But so far it's
2: been an awesome half season, you know. Yeah, and well, like four is a great movie. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, we'll see. we'll see. I'm we already have seen how it's all panned out. People love the game, and I'm I'm happy about that. I'm, I'm so I'm not happy. You know, it's funny because everyone hates Konami, but they'll still shove money in their pockets. That's a whole that's a whole other topic of like how we have no. And I've taught brought it up before. How we have like no testicular fortitude in this industry in terms of like. Companies do shitty things and people bitch about EA, but they'll be at the next Mass Effect. Mass Effect, another great example of a game that you have no business playing unless you play them in order. one we'll of um, the next Metal Gear, though, be the one? When they actually, I mean, like, how, you want to support
1: Kojima, right? And you want to buy it and say this is a Hideo Kojima game, right? Like, right. how do you punish Konami? I don't know if you punish him on this one as much as you'd... The next one that comes out and is Metal Gear 6 or whatever, or Metal Gear Raiden, and it's not in any way connected to Kojima. That's would be the one, right? Yeah, We're no. Like, it, fuck off. We don't do that. No, I
2: agree. I'm not I'm not necessarily blaming anyone for that either because I understand what people's draw to the game is, but I do think about that a lot where I'm like, you know, everyone just bitched about Mass Effect 3 forever, talk shit about Bioware and EA, and then everyone's excited about Andromeda. And I'm like, okay, like... Remember you, how mad you were? Didn't, weren't you just really so angry that you didn't want to ever buy EA? You know, that's why I always say, like, these companies don't really care because they know that people don't really stick by what they say in this industry. They yeah. do in other industries. They do, you know? Like, if you buy if you buy a shitty Nabisco cracker or something, or Oreo or whatever, like, you're not gonna buy more Oreos. Like, you know? Like, so it's, it is interesting to watch that happen, but I brought up Mass Effect just as an ancillary... Uh, example that's a that's a great example of something you have no business playing unless you play them in order you know what i mean like that that's like absolutely the way i feel so that i guess that would be one polar opposite example wouldn't you agree with that like you can't jump into mass effect i skipped two, one two and or jumped three. into two you never played one i played 3 hours of it and i was like this is boring as shit and stopped playing it so you have no context of like you no there was the, there
1: was the, i watched the recap videos i had the context i mean i know who Shepard is i knew
2: what i was getting into like i knew who the villain was from the first one that's weird to me. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, like that. That that's actually like the arc example of a game where yep, it's like this I is all two, interconnected. Two is, amazing, yeah. and two is great. I think three is even better. In my opinion. Um. So like, I think there's. Like, that's what I'm saying is like, if we had a whiteboard or a, like, we can have magnets and be like, this is these are you know like you can play Tales or Final Fantasy. It doesn't really matter. Like they're not connected to each other. Final. You know you can like these games are connected to each other. But you can probably get around the story. And then these games kind of really are intimately connected with each other. And you probably should play them in order. I think it's just a case by case basis. Um. But it seemed like an interesting topic to talk about. I'm actually interested to see, like, what people want to leave comments or whatever about how they would stack series in specific orders like that. Like, how do you feel about people, like, having ownership over something in terms of lore and then jumping into it, you know, as opposed to jumping into it cold, Mm -hmm. um, if people think that there are examples of that. Because I don't really have an answer. I guess that's the whole point of the topic is I I don't really know because I think Witcher is a great example of... Uh, me bucking my own internal trend because I wanted to play a game and I think I got something out of it. But to Greg's point, Christine got more out of it because she understood a little more. And so should I have just played the other two first? Would I have liked Witcher 3 more? You know? Yeah. That's the interesting thing. Like, for as much as people like Metal Gear, would they have liked it
0: more? I mean, I think a perfect example is the Fast and Furious series, no jokes, where people that watch 6 or 7 love them and they're like, oh, this is great. Like, the other one sucked, but this is great. But it's like if you watched all of them, you enjoy 6 and 7 so much more because you know all the stupid characters. You know all the the sure. ways that things connect and all that. So I think they would enjoy it more. It would be a better game, but sure. and it's still that... really good. So it's like right. it's the thing of how much better compared to how much time you need to invest into something that's antiquated and not good.
2: Yeah, you know? that's that's it is an interesting question. Like, yeah, if, if I for instance, if I went back and played 3, if I would enjoy Metal Gear Solid 5 right now, I probably would. Okay, that's that exists in a in a vacuum in a bubble. If I had some sort of way to quantify how much more I'd enjoy it, if I'd enjoy it ten percent more if I played three, and fifteen percent more if I played four, and twenty percent more if I played Peace Walker, that's worth it, you know. That mm-hmm. so I guess that that's actually an interesting way to put it. Like, would you have enjoyed you enjoyed Mass Effect Two a lot? It's a great mm-hmm. game, right? It's a fantastic game. Maybe you would have enjoyed it ten percent more if you had context more more context, right, of sure. Mass Effect One. And so, was it worth it for you to skip it to not get that extra ten percent? I don't know. That's a case by case basis. Yeah. You know, what what do you say about Metal Gear?
0: What about it? The percentage thing. Just gut. I don't think you need, I think you could jump in and
1: have a great time. I think you know enough. But I, I also think that part of this is just in your head. I think you know that you don't have the time or the desire to play it right now. So you're making all these hurdles. Where you're like, well, I'm gonna go back and play three and four. You're not. And so then anytime and someone's like, do you play Metal Gear Solid 5, you're like, no, I haven't had time to go back and play. And this isn't an insult, by the way. I haven't had time to go back and play three and four. It's like persona almost, right? Well, I'm gonna do it when the Vita's dead because you know what a time sink it's gonna be. And the Vita never died, and then you finally were like, all oh, right, I'll play it. Like, well, it's not what I want to play right now, so now you're out of it, and you're playing Hell. Persona is
2: another great example, too, of a, of those games are somewhat interconnected. And, like, in terms of, like, some of, a few of the characters. Igor, and, and, yeah. And, right. and, like, the whole idea and the whole... Sure. It's not... In other words, it's it's a little more enhanced than Tails, and that Tails has, like, arts and gels and all these kinds of things that you use, but they're not really connected or whatever. But it's like, I almost felt a little shitty going into Persona 4. Like playing, it, I'm like, I'm kind. Am I kind of like? No, that's ridiculous. Po- but it, I, I was almost like, am I kind of like a poser? Like people have been talking about this series forever. And, I mean, you would be a I, poser,
1: poser if you were wearing a teddy shirt and making Barry jokes already without having played it. Right. That's that's the barrier to entry there. As somebody who loved Persona Three, I do not. I did not get it.
2: Other than, oh, it's Igor. That's all I got out of it. You want to be playing Persona Four? I guess. I guess that was like a connection. Yeah, and nice. I guess a lot of it, because I was saying it, it's not really out of a personal judgment or an internal judgment of myself, but more of. I want to just respect – I have so much respect for people that do take the time and do know what they know and do do things what I would – consult the proper way, however you want to put it, where they do – they have played the Persona games. They have played the Metal Gear games. They really know it and stuff, and then I just jump in, and I'm like, hey, fuck you, motherfuckers. You know, like – and I don't want to be that guy either, you know, so I try to, like, kind of rein it in a little bit where – because I like like respecting people that take the time, you know, Um, whether or not that's a good use of your time. Again, this is all – yeah, very hypothetical, you know, but it's I want, video games, but I wanted to but video game, you know, I know it's funny, but video games are serious. Like, we, yeah, no, we they're serious totally as we take them serious business. Well, they're serious as we take them. Yeah. Like I said, you wouldn't jump. Well, you wouldn't jump in a Jedi without playing Empire or without what you wouldn't see Jedi without seeing Empire first. But Then, I mean,
0: I know that the, the quality isn't here, but you look at episode one. Metal Gear five it very much is like episode one. Oh, good. Well, in in what this, the fuck does that hold mean? on? You better in, fucking start yeah, no, no, talking. I, I just fast. Said, quali- quality side in the sense that like, yeah, there's characters and there's a bunch of things that relate. Like, oh yeah, R two D 2s there, and oh yeah, C three pos there. Gotcha. No one gives a shit. Like, you don't need to know that those things are eventually going to be things that do stuff. This is a game that, especially with Metal Gear, the fact that it's now it's in the eighties and it's like, all right, we know what happens in the two thousands. We know what happens here. This is such just a game that just happens. You know, and like I'm obviously I'm not saying that Episode One, Metal Gear Five, or at all, Wado Similar. is in Metal Wado 5. is there, yeah. But Big uh, Boss. But what I'm saying is, it's like you can watch I give episode you one, discount. and I don't think that you'd get much more out of it having watched the other ones. You know?
2: Yeah, I mean, I guess it's a fair analogy. To be fair, one is before all of the other ones, so I mean, it's it's you would then go to two, three, four, five, and six. It's just that that was the order that which they were made. I understand what you're saying. In other words, like you don't one is the beginning of the story. Yeah. So, like, of course, like you can jump into it. No, out of any context, so I don't necessarily agree with your analogy. You know, well, I mean, I understand what you're saying yeah. in the main, but I don't know if that's the best analogy to use because one was made after four, five, and six, but it is still the beginning. You would still be able to go to two, three, four, five, and six from. Yeah, one. I mean, I guess that that's the thing is there is stuff that happened before this one, but it's I'll, it's just like one of the Star Wars
0: spin off films almost.
2: It's sure. like I, I don't I understand what you're saying, and I think you're right, and that's why I was saying I wanted to just talk it out because I don't really know the answer. Mm-hmm. You know, but I do like to. I really do appreciate and respect why some people like. I'm sure that I don't. I don't think it's you guys. I'm sure sh- I wouldn't really be upset about this either. But I'm sure that there are Metal Gear fans that are quite upset. That oh well, yeah, but that, those are the but, trolls. But, no, yeah. but, but, but <laughs> no, but I don't necessarily think that, that that's trolling. I think that's saying like I put the time in, and like these games are made for you know, like a, a person's opinion could very well validly be like this was a game that was made for like we we've what, been waiting for this. What you're describing is bandwagoners. Right,
1: but you're not gonna put on a metal Gear shirt and hat and be like, "Man, I've always loved Big Ball." You know what I mean? Like, that's not what you're doing. <laughs> well, you know I, I, I mean? that's the
2: the point is that I just try to respect that too, because to, sure. because I, I, there there are IP that I feel very passionately about too. With that, like Persona Five, for instance, which again is only is gonna be a standalone story. Um, you know, I'm I'm excited, I'm interested about, it. I'm very interested about it, but I don't, I'm not like fucking beating the drums. I'm like, what yeah. the, what the fuck do I really know about Persona? It's I don't really know good. anything about it, you know. So it's like, it's I'm excited, I'm excited to see it, I'm excited, that other people are excited about it even though there's a standalone title. So we, we're just kind of spinning our wheels yeah,
0: here. Yeah, but... I mean, the last thing I want to say about this is I think it's interesting that I think a lot of this conversation is just because there's a five at the end of the title. If it was just Metal Gear Solid Phantom Pain, then would you feel differently about it?
2: Uh, Not unless my mind was erased about all the other games that came before it, you know? Well, what I'm saying is like with Peace Walker, st- like Peace Walker doesn't count just because there's not a uh Well, a no, Peace Walker, I don't, like, don't want to play Peace Walker because I know that it's... It's again not the Metal Gear that I want, you know, mm-hmm. like it's very numbers driven and not like it's got like a non linear kind of thing going on in terms of like going to missions and building things up and and as opposed to like just a, a beginning and an end, you know, yeah. and, and like that's kind of, and I'm sure this is a plot but in a campaign but. That's what I loved about Metal Gear was like, this is what's happening on Shadow Moses. That's done. This is what's happening on Big Shell. That's done. Yeah, you're, you're riding. That's done. Like all of these kinds, of, you know, like like all these kinds of things as opposed to being like, all right, now get an S rank. It's like, what the fuck are you talking about? You know? Like, like and that's just me being an m- old Metal Gear fan and not a new Metal Gear fan. You know, that's that's the thing. So it's like, I don't want to get an S rank. I don't even want to be but ranked that's not even the point. That's the whole you point. The point. It's like you don't need, that isn't,
1: that's there for you to replay. It's not even the goal. I was telling Nick that the other day. I'm like, don't even worry about that. Like, yeah, so no, I'm, I'm B-ranking
0: right my way through fucking Metal yeah, Gear Solid Who the hell Solid cares? 5. It doesn't I mean do if not you want to go back and platinum it, that's when you go back and worry <laughs> right, about it. And are, what's
1: are, funny is like the fact that Peace Walker is the game you should play to be set up for this for game. The story but it's the one you're going to skip. So I don't understand. And also, you don't want to play Metal Gear. That's fine. That's a fine answer.
2: But I, but I mean, I don't know. I, I don't think it's that easy. That's what I'm trying to talk it out. I don't. I know, think but I, think, I but that's what I'm it.
1: saying. I think after talking it out for this long, I think the answer is you just don't want to play Metal Gear. It doesn't interest you. It is Peace Walker.
2: Yeah, and you just said yeah, you don't want to play Peace Walker, so just, you don't want to play five. And that's yeah, it's that's disappointing. It, yeah, it's just what I've heard about the game has been disappointing to me. Not that the gameplay is great. I mean, I think it's awesome that they've married gameplay finally to the game. But well, I guess they did that with really Peace Walker. Some would argue they did with four, but. Yeah, it's. I guess it's more about like what I'm looking for and what I'm getting or what I'm set, what I'm hearing are just two different things. And so, yeah, maybe it's not for me, but I'd like it for, to be for me because I, Metal Gear Solid was one of my favorite games of, of that generation. Metal Gear Solid Two is maybe my favorite PS2 game. So, um, I'm sure. So we there's, the a dis- of, there's a there's a distance
1: when there. we get to the end of the year, and if you haven't played it, then you'll have to play it because we'll all have to sound off when we go. Like this is what we need. Game of the year. these are mm. our picks for a kind of funny game of the year. Like, we'll all have to play a little bit of each piece, or at least have presentations of why we think it's cool. Presentations. I like I, I'm, gonna, I'm already pre- prepping my PowerPoint
0: for the okay. upon HD release, I'm sure it's coming. Mm-hmm, it's coming. All right, moving on. That was a good discussion. I like that. This cool. topic is brought to you by Patreon, as always. Thank you oh. to all of our Patreon users they are amazing. Thank you. Kevin, make sure that their names flow freely like the rivers. Remember when, you, remember when Nick
1: Sarpino asked you if you needed lower thirds, and you are like, no, we have everything. Yeah. This is probably one of them he needed, right? Assume this
0: was made. But, you know, we'll have him make it later. It'll be fine.
1: He's got nothing to do at home. He's probably playing Metal Gear. Can
0: you text him? Yeah. Thank hey, you. Google. Cool. Um, text Nick. Min Chung from Patreon. Says, what are your thoughts on the Big three's ability to listen to its customers? We saw Sony listen to its customers during the PS4's launch by focusing on what gamers wanted and asked for. Flash forward to now, it seems like Sony's rarely listening to the feedback of its customers. I.e. UI updates, friend notifications, folders, and let us change our damn name, Shuhei. Well, Microsoft is doing everything it can do to win them back, and Nintendo, oh, Nintendo.
1: Why are you calling me, Kevin? An Get the fuck out of this room. Sony You're doesn't dismissed. really
0: need to do anything right now since they are winning. But Sony made one mistake with PS3. Do you think they'll make the same mistake again? And can they afford to make that mistake again? And can they afford to make that mistake again? In short, I know why these three companies operate the way they do at the moment, but I just want to hear your guys' thoughts on it. Thank you, Minchong.
1: I think, and this is in him, I've seen this on the internet before, I think the jump from PS3 to PS4 spoiled PlayStation fans a little bit. Sony is not ignoring you right now. Like, we, yeah, Colin and I are always like, or Colin mainly, honestly, is let him, let, change, let us change our names and I'll, I'll throw my support behind it, right? But like... That's not them ignoring it. We know they're trying to work it. Every time we talk to them, they have some excuse of what's going on. But Shuhei's been up front. Like, we'd like to change it, but it's complicated. Uh, folders, UI updates, they just talked about 3.0 firmware. Or firmware 3.0. That has a whole bunch of different updates and communities and all these different things people wanted out of it, right? Mm-hmm. So I, this, And I know, as the guy who blogs the Patreon comments, I know this is a bit older. I think PlayStation's still listening. Uh, I'd argue to say... They're the best at it right now in terms of responsiveness, at least Shuhei's still out there on the front lines answering tweets sarcastically if need be or whatever, but doing stuff, Adam Boyes being a face and being able to answer stuff and being available for interviews and do these different things, right? Mm -hmm. I I do think, you know, I always go back to it, that that February conference for the announcement and reveal of what PlayStation 4 was, which we didn't know was going to be called PlayStation 4 at the time, is still the most mind-blowing moment for me in my eight years of covering PlayStation and the fact of, like, I remember doing the interview with USA Today Two days before, and they were like, "What's going to happen?" I'm like, "Well, this is what I would do." But they and I said, "But they never do what I would do." And then they went out there and they did exactly what I would do. Hey, everybody, we're PlayStation. We're listening. Sorry, let's. We're not going to be what we were at PS3 with the 599 US dollars kind of yeah. thing. You know what I mean? Like we're here. We're apologetic. We're on. We're we're off the cell. It's just a fancy computer. Here are all these indies. We're all about games. And I see that strategy and that messaging still paying off to this day, right? Like, PlayStation 4 is still a runaway success. It still moves units. And it's, like we were talking about, moving without tons of exclusives. Nothing really this fall, right? With the exception of, like, Uncharted and Tearaway, blah, blah, blah. But not, like, your AAA, a big, this is what you're buying yeah. us for kind of thing. And I think that's, the, that's a virtue of speaking to the fans and still listening to the fans and doing that, right? Like, it's this weird thing of, like, you can't expect, you know, a company that big to hear what you have to say, and immediately respond. Turn on a dime, right? And I mean, like, I think it's interesting that there's this blue Vita. What does that mean? On this platform we all assumed was dead, you know what I mean? Or at least in its eight-year tailspin or whatever the hell was going to be the final story for <laughs> Vita, right? But they're still out there. They're still listening. They're still active. They still have the blog and they answer comments and you meet people there and they know what people want. They're trying to get it there, but it's just not easy to turn that ship, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Now, the flip of that of course and I'll let Colin speak at some point in this conversation is the fact that Xbox has been also awesome at it you mm-hmm. know what i mean you want to talk about a 180 of like all right we said all the wrong things we're going to go back which was weird and we didn't like but then they go and they they get filling no what uh I just, what's your name? Xbox P3. What's his Phil Spencer. Yeah. Okay, good. Ooh, I, I, that, yeah. I said that. I'm like, that's not right. Sorry. <laughs> no, they go and they get Phil in there, and he comes out, and they, we're about games, and we're about indies, and you've seen their conferences get better and better with him at the helm, and like, here are all these games. hear are all these things. And then, like, we start talking about, are they better at listening? Are they listening the same way? This is one of those admitted things where I am a PlayStation guy, so I'm dialed into that community. I know what's happening in that community more. I talk to those people more. From the outside looking in at Xbox, and maybe not even being outside, we're doing so much more, many more Xbox events. I was just up there for the uh, pre-packs showcase, right, and mm-hmm. hanging out and talking to all those indie devs. They're there listening too. They have, yeah. both of these companies have smart people at the helm who are like, we understand what we're doing now. Let's get out there. Let's do this. Major Nelson's always been. He was the, you know, very uh, upfront. I'm the face of this company before that was a thing, before you talked about community managers being front-facing people and stuff. And so the fact that he gets out there and does what he does and Jeff Rubenstein's over there now doing all that stuff too and then we have Nate you know, out there helping make games and get games out there. They are listening. They are part of it. Yeah. Both companies right now are extremely receptive mm-hmm. to criticism, to praise, to this, that, and the other requests. But it's just not as easy as being like, we want more friend slots and like mm-hmm. all right fucking throw the switch I mean Done. I think that's the
0: biggest thing we talked about this this before a couple of weeks ago when we we're talking about what features we want to see in the systems it's not that easy and it's like all these things that seem simple like oh why can't we just change their usernames it's like that requires an entire infrastructure being changed right. and like being able to work with that in security Flaws and all that stuff need to be figured out, or else your shit gets hacked, and yeah. then you get upset when PSN's down forever and all that That's stuff. But it's like, you know, every little thing. There's a butterfly effect. Yeah, exactly. You have to go exactly, back and like fix fix it from the the beginning. So I do. They're definitely listening, and I also think that Nintendo gets way too much bullshit for like the way that you phrase this, making it sound like they don't listen. I think they totally do. I think they're in a bad position right now. They're trying to transfer over to the NX and stuff, and like they, they did a lot of stuff. Own. But it's like seeing things like the Nintendo World Championships and seeing all of this stuff they're doing on YouTube. Like I was just showing Colin today, they're doing some new Nintendo YouTube series of Miyamoto talking about Mario myths. Oh, nice. And it's just Miyamoto like talking about Mario stuff. And like a couple days ago, there was another video of him like breaking down the first level in Mario and stuff. And it's like, that's what people want. And it's like, I like that Nintendo is, and the directs, like when they first came out, everyone gave them so much shit as being the worst things ever. Yeah. Then all of a sudden it was like, The the people that actually cared about the products, the people that don't care about the products, they're going to hate no matter what. Right, right. They're going to always... Yeah, exactly. But the the people that enjoy it, that Smash Bros. Direct they did, one of my favorite things to ever come from video games. Here's a game that I love, and they're like, here's a shit ton of stuff that's going to excite you. Perfect. Yeah. Everyone else that didn't really care, talking shit about it, but it's like, they don't matter.
1: And it's one of those things, too, of like, especially with Nintendo, where... I, and I, correct me if I'm wrong on this, I don't want to get off, uh, screw this up because it's important. When they talked about the new quote-unquote Metroid game, the multiplayer yeah. one that isn't a real Metroid game, didn't Black Reggie say, over. we know this isn't the Metroid you want or expect or something like that? Well, later he said that in like interviews and stuff. It, it was, it's signifying, again, yeah, this isn't the game, I know, I know what Metroid game you want. Mm-hmm. We hear you. It's just right now we're doing this, but we hear you and we are listening and this is yeah. a thing, right?
0: And I think that's the biggest thing. Like, we've talked about it before. They're in that, holding pattern where they're, they're not doing that because they're working on the NX and the Wii U's not the place and all this stuff. And it's like that's an issue, you know? It's like they're obviously not listening, but they're a corporation and like the same thing going to PlayStation with the names. Imagine with Nintendo they released a system that just simply isn't working. That's not just a, oh we'll change some usernames. Their whole system is the problem. Yeah. So it's like that's an even bigger, alright guys we gotta go behind the scenes, we gotta figure this out and then we're gonna come out. I'm hoping you know, But you have to think that they're listening. And this goes back to the other argument we talk about all the time of all the people in the fucking government that are like talking shit about video games causing violence and all this stuff. When they die, things are going to be over. We look at all these things like the Ninja Turtles cartoon and Transformers cartoons and all this stuff where they're now being made by fans mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. the originals. So they're better than the originals because like, they are the people that are most passionate about these things happening. I feel like Nintendo, you see that right now through their their social media and their YouTube and yeah, all that Yeah, their social stuff. media gets it, yeah. Where they're like, these are fans of Nintendo. These yeah. are the people that... Well, shit, like, yeah, the they hired the fucking dir- Audrey Drake. Exactly, you won't even but about that's the bigger thing. Is, Nintendo thing. <laughs> it's like when you watch the directs, they're made for the fans, you know, yeah, by fans doing all that stuff. Some of them aren't hits. Some conferences are hits for everybody. That's just how it works. Like, Nintendo Z3 direct yeah it wasn't good but that's also what they had to show yeah they had the Metroid plastic yeah. yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what they were doing
1: and that's the big thing when we talk about with companies uh, you know I mean when you talk about especially like with stockholders and you know boards are right like you can't say everything you want to say there's a re- and like even with us like on a micro level obviously yeah. right not to compare us to any of these companies <laughs> we're talking about we hear your criticisms of this show shows you want da 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 and there are th- wheels in motion and things are happening behind the scenes that we're just not ready to tell you about because we have a rollout plan you mm. You know what mm. I mean? It's not like it was where I think Sony at the launch of PlayStation 3 was so tone deaf in the way of like, you'll get a second job. This is going to be fine. You want, you need this system. We don't need a functioning fucking PlayStation store. You know what I mean? Like all that dumb stuff where they learned a hard lesson. So the second part of the question is can people afford to ignore the fans again? Hell no, you can't. I think this economy and like the way video games have shaken out, yeah. THQ, have shown
0: that. You yeah. need
1: to be receptive to what people And
0: think. I don't think it's just video games. I think that just the... The world that we live in now is so connected, and you have a complaint about an airline, guess what? Yeah. Yep. That airline's going to hear about it, and they if they don't respond, they look bad. Yep. You know? And it's that's with everything. You can tweet directly at people and say, fuck you. You shouldn't do that, but you can. So it's like, if people aren't responding and people aren't... Like, that's what news is these days, is tweets. Oh, Nintendo replied about this. Oh, you know, yep. yeah, Xbox yeah, yeah. said that. Sega said this. Comments are all pulled 140 from, like, blocks, characters so yeah. that are just people talking about on forums... Threads on threads on threads on threads of just, you know, 140 characters right. that somebody said, and every single tweet is those companies listening.
2: Yeah. So if yeah. you're
0: not listening, that's an issue. Yeah. Go for it, Colin.
2: I don't know. I mean, I, I agree with a lot of what you guys said. I I, agree, I disagree with something Greg said at the top, which is that Sony's doing it better listening more than Microsoft. I actually disagree. I think Microsoft is clearly listening the the most because they have to. Um, the market was in was not responding to Xbox One well, and they their their entire Plan with Xbox One, even before it came out, was changed based on feedback. And I think they've been really exceptional about uh, showing support for the Xbox One, even though the Xbox One is languishing behind PS4, it's still selling very well in its own right. And also, they update it every month. And they, they you know, I think that their communication is really bad. I think the Major Nelson blog, I think Xbox Wire, I think all these things are muddled and confusing and don't need to exist. I think they need to have like one place to go for the information. They're not regurgitating each other. The, the way they write about games is way too markety. So I think that they have, like, a lot of problems that are front, but where it really, really matters, because that's for people that really already est- exist and are established in the fran- in, t- in the uh, ecosystem, I think that they're front-facing stuff with Xbox One and turning it around and dropping the price and putting games in and all this kind of stuff, their first parties, uh, really powerful stuff. I think PS4, I mean, we're kind of used to it now. I think Greg's right that uh, we came to expect a lot of bad things from PlayStation and got used to it. And I think PS4 has made a lot of people spoiled. And I try to, um, keep that in mind when I get upset about the things that are going on with PS4, because I'm like, this is just like, let's not forget about what it was like during PS3 and, um, how much we struggle to get anything on that system in terms of features and stuff like that. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's like night and day. So like I, my pay, I have, uh, I don't want to say infinite patience for Sony cause I don't, um, my patience for the name-changing thing, for instance, is long since passed. I don't believe for a second that's, that problem can't be solved. I think it's fucking nonsense that they haven't solved it yet. It's infuriating. It's infuriating to a lot of people. I think that they are. Be- I think people do feel like they're being ignored by Sony on that front. It is in every fucking story on PlayStation Blog that talks about features. It is all over the place. There are fucking forum posts with thousands of people posting on them. That is the most upvoted thing on their own system about what people want, and they still haven't delivered it. I think people have every right to be upset about that. I don't care how hard it is to fix. Fix it. You know, I, I think, agree, that needs to be like, fixed, but they're responding yeah. to the comments, what I'm saying, right? Ex- exactly. I,
1: it it can't be the excuse that it's on every forum. Why well, can't have somebody in there every time on every post saying, "Check this thing, interview
2: with whoever from whenever." Right? Exactly, and also, but also, their their inter, like their, their reasons are, don't even seem to be syncing up with each other. It's just like, just fix the fucking problem, you know? Like, just fix it. it. It's it's actually ridiculous now at this point. So I understand why people are are you know upset with Sony about those kinds of things, and I'm sure that there are technical ramifications about doing something like a name change, but just figure it out you mm-hmm. know and one of the things that one of the things that really i sh- showed me although i think part of it is marketing one of the things that really showed me that you can take a system and do things unexpected things with it is when no, ex- is when xbox one did backwards compatibility it's like the xbox one was not designed with that in mind and they did it and they did it on a software level you know like it wasn't a hardware fix they didn't release new xbox ones they figured it out mm-hmm. and it wasn't easy and it wasn't cheap and they did it and so, like, I'm that's, th- that's the that's the one thing I'm I'm I'm, I'm getting pissed off about with Sony. Where it's like, just enough with the excuses. Th- these nice fixes with 3.0 are great, but like, this is not really what people are asking for. So, do people are people being heard and listened to? Yeah, I think they are, but are some things getting swept under the rug or like being mm-hmm. like, kind of shrugging and stuff like that? It's like, that's not good business either. But
0: I think there's a difference though, specifically between the backwards compatibility and this, where the backwards compatibility, that it's not something like the people were asking for that. They wanted that, you know? And like, I think before the Xbox One came out, they would have asked for it. But then once they said it's not happening, it's not like people are like, oh man, please make things backwards compatible. They're just like, it's not going to happen. So for them, that's way more of like, a that's a system seller thing. That's a marketing pitch. Oh, you can change your names on PSN? That's not something that they're just gonna, you know, it, it devote time to because that's not, you don't announce that at E3 and have people go crazy, right?
2: I don't know about uh, that at this but point. No, but
0: that's thing though is it's like the the hardcore would, right? The people that are already invested would, and that's important. You should definitely cater to them, but we wouldn't be talking about that on you know Games Cast yeah, in a couple would. months. Well, we would, but that's because we. But we, I mean, this is—I
1: think it's the same thesis as your Nintendo argument that the directs are for the fans. No, yeah. and I,
0: I'm totally with that. But what I'm what I'm saying is, it's like we talk about this—the uh, Xbox thing. It's like they, you know, they did it. They did a fucking huge thing. We wouldn't be talking about the the name change being a huge thing at E3. You know, Xbox. I mean, PlayStation wouldn't win E3 the same way we talked about Xbox winning E3.
2: Okay. Yeah, no, I don't. Capability. I don't disagree. I don't disagree with what you're saying there, but I do think Sony is leaving millions of dollars on the table, literally um by not allowing like people are desperate you know what i mean and it's like one of those things where where like i don't even care like it's like whatever like my name is moriarty ign that's fine but like people really like it's just everywhere it's so funny like if you just tuned into the playstation audience it's just it's everywhere it's everywhere and it's like so i get why some people are like all right that's great but like there's like bigger system problems that we really like you to figure out at some point but Um, i think i think a thing there though is
0: you know the fact that it's not a one for one. It's not like, well, why'd you do this when you could have done that?
2: Well, I don't. I don't agree with you at all on that front. Like, I think that there are a finite amount of engineering resources, and they devote them in ways that they feel are most applicable. So, I don't agree with you there. I do think that like do, things do come out of the ether that affect things not coming out of the ether. I think that that's obvious. I mean, that's, that's business. And, and I, and I, I trust that this is just an example because it's an example we're all known for talking about for years. I mean, that's the thing we've talked about it for years. You should have seen like right before I left IGN, when I wrote that, like, let us change our names thing, that thing did like juggernaut it, traffic, it, like insane trap like yeah. insane traffic got picked up all over the place. Uh, You know, spawned Neogaf threads and all these kinds of things. And it's like, dude, like, but I agree with you like this isn't going to get new customers because new customers make their their name. It's going to get it's going to make your uh, your existing customer fan, fan base happy. And I think that is what Sony's good at doing, actually, is mm-hmm. that Sony fans feel the love like they do feel the love. They're not getting all of it, but they but Sony. But they get a lot. Yeah, they do get a lot of love. I think PlayStation blog uh, specifically is a great example of how to talk to fans uh, in stark contrast to the way Xbox talks to fans, which is, you know, not nearly as good, um, in that respect. And then we get to, so I think Microsoft's really winning that race right now in terms of optics, in terms of listening because they have to, but they're doing a great job. I think Microsoft's doing a, a fucking slam up job right now of, of everything, and they're gonna have a great fall, I think too. Um, and then I think Sony's winning without really trying, which is which is interesting. Um, Sony's like kind of doing it with one arm behind their back. Their their studio's not ready, so it's it's really going to be extraordinary if Sony's PlayStation Four is meteorically selling. It's not even just selling well. It's not even selling great. It is, is outselling you – know, it is on pace with like PS2. I mean that's a, that's a kind of an insane thing when you think about it, right? Yeah. Um, and it's not going to end up where PS2 ended up because you have to remember PS2, of course, was a DVD player. PS2 was the first unit, console unit that Sony made that really uh, penetrated emerging markets in places like Brazil. And it had a huge tail. They were making them until like two years ago. So it's like they, they were still selling. So it's not going to get yeah, to that you point. You can still Eventually. buy a new one on Amazon. Oh, I'm sure you can. It's crazy, and so eventually the number is going to dip, and but but PS PS4 is going to end up very respectably. I will say about Nintendo that, and this is something we brought up on Colin and Greg live, just in a, in a passing way, but I think what Nintendo needs is new blood, and it seems like they might be getting it in in you know the way that they deal with social media and YouTube and all those kinds of things. Um, I was I floated this idea, and it's a crazy idea to Greg, where I'm like, is it time for Nintendo to say to me, someone like Miyamoto, like? You can stay Stop. and we'll pay you, but like you're not making games anymore. Like we need the pe- we need to bring people now that played your games mm-hmm. in to make both. these games. You know what I mean? Because like I was looking, my example was I was looking at Star Fox, which I think looks like it's like 15 years old, and I'm like, okay, this is this is it. Like uh, to like I, I like I'm, at some point I'm like, okay, this visionary, the greatest game designer ever, Miyamoto is a fucking legend, a legend. There will never be another like him. That gave so much to the industry or whatever, but I wonder if with the NX and all of these kinds of things Nintendo should just be like we're we're bringing in a bunch of new people now and we're gonna see what they can do because the Wii was a success with the with the mainstream but you know uh, somewhat subpar attach rate and that that system died two years before it actually died because people just stopped caring about it and then the Wii obviously has not really been very successful. Um, and the 3ds is less successful than the DS. Where I'm, I'm wondering, I'm like, should Nintendo just be open to more new ideas? And and I'm excited to see that the Miyamoto thing is just an example. People would think that that's sacrilegious, but I, I it's just an example of saying like, should Nintendo make a bold move and be like, we're, sure. you know, Miyamoto, you are welcome here forever. But like, we are going to start putting our resources into new teams and to new ideas and the new, new developers, 20 and 30 year old, 20 something and 30 or something year old kids that grew up inspired by your games. And now they can help save this, you know, this, like what we're, we're what's happening here. And I kind of see signs of that. Cause I, I do agree. Like the Nintendo directs a great example of, um, when I still think Nintendo directs a little weird. I think it's impersonal. I think that it's, it's a cop out in many ways. Uh, when you do things like that at E3, I like that it's, that, their way to talk to people outside of the cycle, where it's like, we're doing a direct in February and it's about this. And I think that's great. And I, I enjoy that they do that. But when they do that shit at E3, I'm like, that's a fucking cop out. You know? So I think there's, it's like, a, it's like, a, it's like six or one half dozen of the other there where I'm like, you should be at the fucking show. This year they'll be there. Yeah. Oh, I, they'll, there's no doubt that they'll, they'll, they'll probably put the NX out uh, or reveal it for the first time at E3, you have to assume. So, like, I think it's a mixed bag, but I see a Nintendo that's trending back in the right direction, not necessarily in a direction that's going to make me a fan of theirs again because the mobile initiative with dna and all those kinds of things but they're becoming a company that's that's becoming smarter. You can tell that Awada before he passed away unfortunately was starting to set the ship right again and like kind of, you know, it's like an aircraft carrier when you have to turn it and it takes like a day, you know? It's like he's spinning the wheel and then, you know, he's he's been spinning the wheel and 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 then he unfortunately passed away, but it seems like that the direction has been they're charted. Still, yeah, they're still going that way. And so with Nintendo, like what I would love to see them do is just I would love to see them trust their Western affiliates more. I, I think Nintendo of America should be running that show. You know, like this is the biggest market in the world. This is a huge market for Nintendo, a massive market for Nintendo. And they should have a little more trust in maybe some of their Western partners to be mm-hmm. like, we you know, let let us figure some of these things out. And so I think Nintendo is is on the right path, and I do think that these social media moves and all these kinds of things um, are making them a little more personal, which is something that Nintendo had lacked for a long time, and that was always so confusing because their games are the most personal, you know. And, yeah. and so there was like this this fucking crazy dissonance between the nature of their games and the nature of them as a corporate entity, and they need to be able to merge those two things together. Mm-hmm. There's no reason why they can't have. I mean, people like Reggie and all these kinds of things, but Reggie. I wouldn't, I wouldn't consider in terms of hardcore gamers, like core gamers, that like someone like Shuhei or Phil Spencer is like way more important to their companies than someone like Reggie is. And there's no important like why Reggie shouldn't be the guy or, or maybe not right because everyone seems to hate Reggie now after the whole E3 thing. But like, like someone, although I'm sure that will pass. What what was the E3 thing? Well, just like where he was like walking around giving interviews and telling people. You know, oh, like, about the VR yeah, stuff so yeah. isn't anything. Yeah, yeah. But, eh, you know what, what I'm saying right. where it's like they need to elevate their people the way Sony yes. was wise enough to elevate their people. See, it's so
0: funny you say that, because to me, like I feel like Nintendo's people are so much more recognizable. They're, they're, recognizable, they're recognizable, but they're
2: behind
1: glass, dude. Yeah. They're in a museum. I can't talk and interact with them. Everyone can interact with Shu and Adam and yeah. these different people. And and, I, but that's, I mean,
2: what, that's what I'm saying. It's okay. like, you can't, you can't... Phil Spencer answers people's tweets like all day. Yeah. Phil Spencer runs Xbox. You're not going to like talk to, you know, Miyamoto isn't going to fucking answer your texts or your tweets. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's not on Twitter. <laughs> you better answer my text, Miyamoto. You know I mean, so that's what I'm saying is like, yeah. like, why isn't Reggie on, like, like the, like you're saying, those guys gotcha. make news uh, From stuff, a social like,
0: perspective, that makes sense.
2: Like Shuhei is a guy you feel like you can go up and talk to because you can, mm-hmm. you know, I, I've been in this industry for a long time and if I saw, I, I mean, I've met Miyamoto uh, but I wouldn't feel comfortable just walking up to him and be like, "Hey, hey, dude," you know, like, like. But Shuhei, hey, but Shuhei is like one of you know, or Phil Spencer, like these guys are guys that are just kind of doing their thing and stuff. And I think there's an organic nature to it that I think in the social media era is very, very important. Um, and I think that that's what I'm saying. It's so ironic because Nintendo has these guys that are so obvious. Just let them off their fucking leash. They're not going to do anything wrong, you know. Mm. That's uh, there's there's too much there's too much control. I think if if Nintendo got into a more personal space, I think that. Because I think the NX is going to help them very much, and I'm super interested also to see their first mobile game, which is coming out this mm. year. Um, but I think that they're moving into a new space, and it's going to be a space where it's, that's going to make them competitive with Microsoft and Sony again. And they need to be able to have um, the proper tools to be able to go at, at them. So I think you're right. I think they're going to have a big E3. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's going to be an exciting E3, and I can't wait to see what the NX is all about. And I hope they can win me back. So, yeah, I think all three companies are doing great. In my opinion, you know, and uh, doing something's wrong, but most of the things are right. Yeah. I think I think everyone's kind of trending up. They're I think trending
0: that, towards listening to consumers. Sure. And I think that's that's very important.
2: And it's going to be good for their products. I think Nintendo I think Nintendo has nowhere to go but up at this point, especially true. Good. That topic brought
0: to you by Squarespace. Squarespace is how we made kindoffunny.com and I'm in love with how it looks and how simple it was to make. Sites look professionally designed regardless of skill level, no coding required, intuitive and easy to use tools with state-of-the-art technology powering your site to ensure security and stability. Trusted by millions of people and some of the most respected brands of the world, including Kind of Funny. Starts at $8 a month and you get a free domain if you sign up for a year. Start your free trial on Start your free trial site today with no credit card required at Squarespace.com. When you decide to sign up for Squarespace, make sure to use the offer code Funny to get 10% off your first purchase. Squarespace.
2: Build it beautiful. Build it beautiful. <laughs> it's your favorite thing. <laughs> it's awesome.
0: This topic brought to you by the KINDOFUNNY forums. Go hey! to KINDOFUNNY.com slash Gamescast topic. Submit your topic for the show, and it'll get read just like Metro Shade did. Metroshade. What are your thoughts? Shade. Nope. let's we'll start with Dwarven Darkness. Dwarven Dark. Darkness. I recently, brought, I recently bought the original Kingdom Hearts, having rented it as a kid and enjoyed the limited playtime I had. As much as I love the idea and setting, the controls completely ruin it for me. Why is hack and slash combat menu based? Why not map those actions to the triggers and have the right stick control the camera? All ranting aside, what games have you tried your hardest to love, but they just won't let you?
2: Mm. Well, that's a design. Those are design decisions of the time. Yeah, and you that's sound just like, like a young the young Metal man. Gear conversation. Yeah, it yeah. sounds like woman. Nick Scarpino yeah. on the plane.
1: How yeah. do I do this? Why can't I do this? Well, we didn't know how to do that
2: yet, Nick. Yeah, when this game came out in 1998, yeah. nobody knew the fuck <laughs> what you're talking about. Hey, controls were just in that, that's how you right? were. That's that was, how you controlled games. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I've talked about it a lot, and I actually did a uh, panel with GameSpot at at uh, PAX uh, just a couple weeks ago called "Your Favorite Game Sucks," which was about games that we that are beloved that we just hate and that, so Assassin's Creed is the example for me. Oh, like yeah, yeah, yeah. I want there's like no series in this world I want to love more than Assassin's Creed and I just fucking hate it. Like I just I just hate it. I hate it. I I can't I can't get over it. So that's I won't belabor that because we've talked about it so much. And you can watch that video. It's pretty fun. it's more comedic than serious. But um you know Brian Altano was on it talking about Arkham Knight and uh Anthony Carboni was on and talking about Final Fantasy 7 and Chris Waters talked about Metal Gear Solid 4. Um so uh that is my example, Assassin's Creed.
1: Yeah. I've said it before. I think on this, like, I wish I cared about Final Fantasy. I wish I could get into Final Fantasies. I've tried so hard. It's just that, like, every time I get jump in and I try to play one, the setting doesn't click for me. The characters don't click for me, yeah. and then I just don't care. And I'm not going to invest 100 <coughs> hours into it. Which right, ones did really? you have you played? I've tried with seven. I tried with ten. I tried
2: with thirteen. Uh, there's probably a few I've. Missed I'd be there interested as well. to see what you thought of four or six. Just because those especially 6 i think the setting would more click with you okay it's like magic meets like technology it's it's uh it's medieval but not really okay. like steampunkish okay 4 is medieval but the characters are awesome in 4 yeah i i I'd, I'd be interested to see what you thought of those and then of course mobas them. No, I wish you I wanna, get the
1: Mobus? No, I, well I've tried. I've tried playing Infinite Crisis. Why. Hey, they put DC. They put my favorite fucking universe into this genre. I don't know. It worked really well with MMOs and DC Universe Online. Maybe it'll work. Turn on this Moba, try to play. Oh, this is fucking awful. Mm-hmm. How does anybody like? Yeah, talk to Mitch. He's like, oh, I played 15 hours of Dota and hated everyone, and then I got it. I'm like, no, no fucking way. No, thank you. I'd rather play 15 hours of something I love than do that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I don't want to get into Mobis, but I wish I did so I could understand and be like into that into it. His yeah. vein of the culture that
0: people care so much about. So my answer is actually the reason that I chose this topic or the, this question is Kingdom Hearts, which is funny because I I actually went through it though. Like oh, you powered through it. I powered through I it. Powered
2: through gotcha. It.
0: So when Kingdom Hearts, I was right there with this guy when it first came out. I loved the setting, loved the idea. Final Fantasy and Disney together. Yeah. I was like totally sold, but I did not like the game when I first played it. And like I remember I played through Kingdom Hearts 1 Put it like a bunch of hours into it. And I'm like, man, I just I want to like this game, and I really don't. Right. And then I, I kind of gave it some space, and I came back to it. I'm like, still don't like it. Yeah. Then I was like, just keep keep doing. It. I need to beat this game. Sure. And by the time I beat it, I'm like, I do like this game. But then it was like, it, it what he's saying is right. Like the controls never totally felt right. Right. And things were kind of weird. And then by the time two came out, I remember playing. I'm like, oh no, I do like this. Two totally kind of. Update it, made it control a little bit better. Felt more fluid. The camera felt right. The platforming wasn't like horrible. Yeah, like it wasn't the first one. And I was like, oh, this is actually enjoyable. But I'm really interested to see Kingdom Hearts three and how it modernizes that the the gameplay. And I think it, it will in a lot of ways. But Kingdom Hearts was that game for me that I was just like, fuck, I want to love this. This is made for me, and it's not clicking. But I powered through, and it did click. There's a bunch of other games that. A bunch of other games that I would think that I would love, and I play them. I'm just like, eh, yeah, whatever. I feel like a lot of a lot of Nintendo games are actually that way for me. You know what? Uh,
1: ones I remember, and these came out at the same time. Uh, and this is the PS2 versions. Well, obviously for the one, but Hitman, whatever yeah. Hitman was on PS2 that I'm thinking of, I think it might have just been Hitman. I was like, this sounds great, and I played. them like, Ugh, this isn't this isn't what I wanted. And then Shadow of the Colossus. Oh, wow. everyone was talking about how amazing yeah. Shadow of the Colossus was. It's was like, fuck yeah! And I sat down. I'm like, all right oh no I'll power I'm gonna power I'm gonna power oh
2: no still I couldn't couldn't handle I couldn't I actually couldn't I played Shadow of the Classes for like a few hours I'm like nope Yeah. really and it was the same thing when it came to PS3 I was like well clearly I missed something now
1: I'm getting this, this this re-release with trophies and eco- sat down. I was like, mm, nope, I just don't yeah, just can't for, do this. Just can't do me. this.
2: I will I will throw in real quick before we move oh, to the next crazy. the next question that I I mean I understand why people like it. Yeah, uh,
1: it's totally one of those games I respect and understand, and it's just not my. Yes, yeah, it's, it's not
2: for me either. But I will say that a lot of people ask like why I like side scrollers so much and just old games, and I'm like because this these games feel great still. You yeah. Know? Before things got too complicated, this 3D. is the way games controlled, mm-hmm. and they still control the same way Rogue Legacy controls exactly mm. the way Mega Man controls or Castlevania controls. The speeds in the in-game systems, and all those kinds of things are different, but that's why I love those kinds of games. They are timeless. That is the way games, Mario, the way Mario 1 controls is perfect, and Mario 1 is a perfect game, really. You know, it's a, it's a fucking master class on how to make a game. And it will always be that way. And it will always age that way. Yeah. And you cannot say the same about a lot of 3D games. You can't. Mm-hmm. It's just not going to happen. So that's a good example of why I really prefer, and not prefer, but I really love those kinds of games. It's just because that they'll always be good. That's why the NES is my favorite console of all time. Because before things got too heinous and complicated, that's the way we controlled games with a D-pad and two buttons. And they're all, you know, the NES has duds. But like all of the games that were great in 1990 are still great. And you can't say that about the games that came out in 1998, 2000. Mm-hmm. The games that were great in 2000 are not great.
1: Mm,
0: Great point.
2: Yeah. All right. Second one. Now, Metro
0: Shade. It is your time to shine. Metro Shade! What are your thoughts on fan bases of certain games? I recently finished the Dragon Age series and was really captivated by the tone. I poked around online and found huge dedicated fan base communities to the games, but not just the games. Characters, romances, etc. Especially around Tumblr. Have you guys ever been a part of a fan base like that? And if so, which ones and to what extent? And this
1: actually brings me up a point I meant to make in Collins where he was like, I don't think, it, 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 and I'm now Witcher, butcher, but I think the Witcher community is huge too. And, and I you know what you're talking about Metal Gear, but I think that's the whole thing is like, I think you have to move these rocks every so often. You find these people, like this, this community, I don't mean these people in a bad way, this community of people that are so into something that you can't, you know, you can't even fathom, right? Mm-hmm. Like the closest I got is DC Comics, you know what I mean? But even that, there's people who know way more about DC Comics than I do. And like a great example recently was Metal Gear. And like, I'm always talking about Metal Gear. I love Metal Gear. I'm so into Metal Gear, right? And then I played it, and I'm playing my, I'm doing less plays based on my first playthrough of this game. So I'm getting caught and all this stuff. And the fa- these fans are eating me alive. And on Reddit, they're just like, ah, and it's like, oh yeah, like I I creep on this Reddit every so often, but I've never posted. But you have people on here who are like nonstop posting fan theories and this and images and fan art, and, d- and it's like. I consider myself a hardcore Metal Gear fan, but then there's these people who are are legendary. They're not <laughs> such a different. They're S rank plus plus yeah. le- le- Metal Gear fans. You know what I mean? And so that's the weird thing, and like what you're talking about with authenticity, right? Of like at some point you have to figure out what that means and check it, because there's always going to be a bigger fan than you. You know what I mean? Even Mega Man, right? Like, there's bigger Mega Man fans than Colin that have tattoos all over their body and are number one in the world, and you know, watch Colin do these fucking awesome Let's Plays of Mega Man, are like, this guy sucks at Mega Man. He doesn't know that. And it's like, yeah, can't we all just like something? Different does it strokes, have to be man. like this? But yeah, it does, it a... we
2: do get out, get in these dick measuring contests all the time. Of That's like, a great point.
1: I'm a bigger fan than you.
2: Yeah, I, I although, I will say, I don't, I don't I think passion is shown in different ways. Yep. I would stand that I, I don't know that there's necessarily anyone that loves Mega Man more than me. But I'm not saying that I love Mega Man more than anyone else. I'm saying exactly. that like we're a group of people that just love I don't think there's someone that's like, I fucking love Mega Man more than you. And I'm like, I don't know about that. Yeah. I think we all just really love Mega Man. What if Mega Man walked in right now
1: and he's like, I love me more than me? <laughs> <laughs> and like, and, what, then, Mega and man? That, He blows his own brain. And then he just
2: says like, <laughs> and, 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 and <laughs> Um. No, this is, it goes back, I, I, I don't, I never was a member of any of these communities, really. I, I like, I like I appreciate and respect them, this is what we're talking about. I have a great respect for fandom in the sense that uh, people get really dedicated into these things. They weren't write really fan fiction or whatever, do fan art. I think that's, I'm not talented enough to do fan art. Uh, I used to try to draw Mega Man, it just didn't work out very well. Uh, but I've never gotten so deep into something that I was, like, writing serious fan fiction or, like, just... I was on a forum that was dedicated just to Mega Man, and I would just pose my Mega Man. Like, I don't know if I love anything that much. Um... But it's more to the extent of like that's just not how I choose to spend my time, mm-hmm. so it's not really. I don't really judge people for doing that. I think that's great if that's yeah. the way you want to spend your time. So there's, there's, I. But I will say to the point about Witcher and Metal Gear and all these kinds of things, and a, a group like that exists for almost anything. And that's the coolest thing
0: is like literally the biggest game, the smallest game. Like for me, one that I was super into back in the day was the Amplitude community. I would like check those like the the forum every day, yeah. and it was just talking about a game,
2: a music game.
1: Where the fuck is Amplitude?
2: Oh, it's oh goddamn, that's, coming. That's it's a coming, good point. December three eleven. Mm, okay. I used to post on their bulletin boards all the time. Yeah. To the point where I post I saw them at Berkeley in two thousand four at uh Greek theater mm-hmm. the show sucked. And because they have sound ordinances there, you can like just sit in the pit and like talk. I was I saw it with David Clayman. Yeah. And we were just sitting in the pit, like talking to each other. And I'm like, this is insane. Like this isn't nearly loud enough. Was it all and, like no, it wasn't acoustic. It was just it was it was just like I was like this is I want it to be so loud I can't hear myself fucking think. That's the way I like my rock shows, and I think that's the way rock fans like their rock shows. But because it's in Berkeley and all this kind of stuff, they have to like keep it low. And I'm like, this is insane, fucking. Berkeley. And uh, mm. I and but they also close with a specific song. I'm like, why are you closing with the song? I posted on the forums. I'm like, the sh-, you know they had like show reviews. And I'm like, the show is fine, but I was I was like the setlist was kind of weak. Like why do you close with Out which is the song like they usually open with? And and Nick Hexum, the singer, wrote. He's like, I hey Colin, I thought you being a big fan would know would be delighted that we put a, a song like freak out at the end of the set list whatever and i was like oh and my and my friend's like still bringing that up is like i got yelled at by like the, the <laughs> singer at 311 on their own four. that's awesome so that's probably the only place where i mm-hmm. used to i used to post what was this reasoning why well, i put freak out at the end i don't know you didn't say it was just, uh, just it was weird i just thought it was weird oh. that, that kind oh, did you call yourself a big fan in the post i think you just assumed based on my post count okay, 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 okay. yeah. but uh yeah so that was the, i mean I, so I guess I have loved things that much where I, I got into it, but I usually I, I gotta be honest. Like I my, my take on this is I, I usually I often feel intimidated. It's by I getting mean, it's involved. Very oh yeah! Are yeah, you totally kidding me? Yeah, thousand percent. No Maybe matter it would be if I wasn't so intimidated.
1: Whenever you say any, do you love any? I mean, like the a great example is DC Universe Online. Like I fucking love this game. I've put in six hundred hours. I'd make videos about it and talk about it, and people are like six hundred hours. You don't know anything. Fucking look at your DPS gear and how you're fucking playing. You're, you're, I'm like, I just really like this game. What are you talking yeah. about? Like, you know what I mean? Like, it, people take it as a challenge, and I it's again that authenticity kind of angle of like. I I say this all the time, and I I guess I still do to a way, right? Like, obviously, I love Metal Gear Solid Five, and I love DC Universe Online, and I, in a way, wish yeah that like I could have a life that I played one game that I was the DC Universe Online expert. But like our jobs aren't that we need to play all, a little bit of everything and da da da. And you get around, and so mm-hmm. a lot of people give you leeway with that of like, all right, well he's out of practice because he's played a million other games leading up to this. But still, it's like. You're gonna get slammed by someone because someone takes offense to the fact of me saying, "Yeah, I love DC Universe Online." Like you don't. I'm the same too. Me and
0: Smash Bros. Oh right, I love Smash Bros. I'm so passionate. I don't think that there's many people that have poured as much thought into Smash Bros. as I do. And I'm not talking about like pro level and all that stuff. I'm talking about just like normal fans of video games. Like I really like that game. Not that good at it. Never claimed to be. You know, one of those. No, I'm like I'm very very okay when you're talking about normal people. You know, and that's always the thing, right? Remember when you were you're you're
1: back home with your friends and you like your normal communities and you're like, man, Greg is the best NCAA football player, and I go to college and just get dismantled, like yeah. just like toyed with. And you're like, oh my god, well, that's what happened. I've t-
2: I mean, we talked about it before, but with Street Fighter, like I think I'm actually a pretty good Street Fighter player, but like, the first time I encountered people that were like really really good at Street Fighter and would like just put me down, and yeah. like, I was like, all right, like, I guess I'm not that good at this. I, yeah. I mean, I still think I can hold my own against most people that play that play the game casually, but when you get when you really meet people that are really into it. They're just different echelons. It doesn't yeah. mean you love a game more, though. Yeah. yeah, oh, I know, I know. But
0: it definitely is that, like, the competition with everything. Like, you were talking about 3.11. For me, Q&5, and, like, Tone Def. their website, like, I'm... I'm, I'm to a this bigger day, ToneDeaf
1: fan than you are. You are,
0: definitely. But to this day, I'm an active member of those communities. And that's, like, the only forum that I'm, like, besides art that I, like, actually talk and am on. And, uh... Be, right. But besides that, like, there is so many communities that I've been a part of without actually posting and without oh, yeah. me actually oh, yeah. being yeah. a member. But, like uh, yeah, um, game facts. Like completely, like holy shit! I read this shit out of so many boards, and like before a game would come out, I would just every day check that. Yeah, you know?
1: that was the place because you're finding like-minded people who were talking about exactly. it, super stoked about, and who understand into, things
0: yeah. in a way that you don't. You yeah. know, like I love like Metal Gear. There's been so many times I've just gone down the rabbit hole about reading about what other people think about it because I'm like, fuck, I did not have that interpretation. Right, right, right. Missed that completely. Yeah, like, you
1: didn't get a tape or a, ta- a tape or whatever. You know, yeah. you get some choice cut scene that right that then sheds new light on everything.
0: And it even goes to other random things like Sonic. There's there's such a huge Sonic community that like is like it's a joke how big and passionate this group of people is that love Sonic the Hedgehog. But it's like I remember like back in the day, I remember reading a lot of stuff and I'm like, man, there's these games are so much deeper and there's so much going on than I would give them credit to. Yeah, like the, even just like the background designs and like little things that oh, there's differences between level one, two, and three because time's passing. And if you I'm like, holy shit, that's really cool. Like yeah. there's so much going on, and I feel like you have to go deeper. And you have to, it's research. It's deeper. homework. You know, you got to do the homework to be passionate about right. shit. All right. Huff with three Fs. What mechanics or systems from past games would you like to see used again in the future? As an example, I'd like to see a return from the interrogation mechanics from L.A. Noir and the Nemesis system from Shadows of Mordor.
1: Oh, yeah, Nemesis is going to be back for sure in, some, in a whole bunch of stuff, I bet, because that was such a brilliant idea of making an open-world game your own. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Of like, oh, I have... Because for years, right, you'd have that in your head where you play games, especially like in like Streets of Rage or whatever, side-scroller, beat-em-up, where I remember inventing things of why I'd see the same guy again, that he was back, right? And then mm-hmm. Nemesis like spells it out for you.
0: I for me, see. I was telling you about this a couple of days ago, but the the rewind mechanic in Prince of Persia. Prince of Persia, yeah. I thought that was fucking awesome. Yeah. And it allowed yeah. such cool gameplay. And just, like, the time, like, messing with the time and stuff. Like, I feel like other games have used it, but I feel like that I would love another Prince of Persia that does that or just other games that have similar things where sure. you, if you fuck up, you can just kind of, like, bring it back. You know, I loved
1: Patapon. I'd love another Patapon. But I wouldn't mind just another game that is using music in that way, right, of pounding out drum beats to make things happen. You know, because it was so different and interesting in terms of like you're this god who communicates through music and not directly and you have to give orders to your
2: team this way to make it happen. That's, mm-hmm. That was great. I just like games that ha- are good versus evil in terms of a scale. Like, I think ah, it's okay. one of the ba- more, more basic things that games do like Mass Effect and Fallout but I like that shit and I, I, I wish more games judged you based on the choices you made as opposed to just giving you choices. Yeah, you know? Sure, yeah. So like there's like forks in a row and you can do this or this or whatever but like, I'm like that's fine that's fun but it's binary like I, that's why I loved about New Vegas so much is New Vegas was what I described as such a gray game. It, like, choices you made, like, you weren't even really sure if you were being good or bad. And I, and then you would find out later and it would be too late. And I, I, I liked that kind of thing. I, I like games that do that, and I like games where it's not obvious if you're being Paragon or Renegade, but, like, leave you with uncomfortable choices and, you, and the choices are permanent. I think that that stuff's... It, there's more than just giving a player agency, but more judging them based on all of the choices they make as well. Mm-hmm. So I like that. I think Mass Effect does a really good job of that. I'm excited to see what Fallout does with that.
0: Mm-hmm. Final question of the day from Chimney Kid.
1: Chimney Kid. oh, governor. Clean you... your chimney, get some porridge.
0: My lord. Do you <laughs> see a Mario Maker 2 in the future? If so, how can it be improved? If Mario Maker, I don't know if it'll be Mario Maker 2, but if Mario Maker does not come out in some form on 3DS within the next year, I'm going to be shocked yeah that's a good point. completely shocked
1: I think it's gonna sell really well and I think they're gonna look at it going towards NX of like this is a no brainer like we had a system that didn't have the install base we wanted but if we can make another Mario Maker which is weird that they already ca- remember when it was originally Mario Maker not now it's Super Mario Maker because it would've been so easy to make Super Mario Maker on the next one but whatever mm. I digress uh Yeah, you'll see another one for sure. I doubt it'll be two. I bet they'll do something funny with the name. More of like a platform
0: thing or or something. I feel like, I hope that this one does well enough that they apply it to other games. But I also think that other games might be a little too complicated. And Mario is the perfect thing that everybody gets Mario. Everyone understands how it works. And like having the game pad and stuff, it just, it makes sense. Sure. You know, but like a Zelda maker, Metroid yeah, Maker. I think says, anything you know, anything besides Mario gets a little a little bit more focused in a way that kind of ruins. But it's
1: that. one of those things where they're testing the waters. They're I mean, they're trying it because you figure, like, look at what little big planet is compared to Little Big Planet three, right? And it was like people took Little Big Planet where they were gonna make levels and started making games and making movies and doing all this different stuff. And like you can't have Little Link and Mario Maker, you know what I mean? Wii fit trainer, all these different guys. I, can you have Metroid? Has that been announced or anything?
0: Thomas? Yeah. Yeah. So,
1: I mean, you so, like, everybody. people any, are, any going, people are going to make levels that are this thing, they they're, they're going to break it in a way that they're trying to tell you a story, and they're telling you to go get this next world, and, and like, if, if they're doing it on that level, Nintendo might have to look at it and be like, well, let's not call it Super Mario Maker, let's call it Nintendo Maker, and you
2: can make a game or a level or just play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think what Greg's saying is right. I think it's a great idea. I, I think this becomes more of a platform. And you just have to make it agnostic. The bigger thing I'm the bigger thing that I'm uh, interested in is seeing like what other platform holders are or not platform holders but rather IP holders and stakeholders are going to do with their games. You know, this is Mega Man Universe was supposed to be this game and they canceled it um but too- there's there's a lot of games that you know i'd love to see that with with a lot of classic games i think doing it with zelda would be great i think nintendo has all the ip necessary but i think so i think mario maker just gets migrated i don't think they're gonna make a sequel i think it just will always persist so they should have done with little big planet um but they didn't they got greedy um even though that you know the games talk to each other or whatever but little big planet should have just been a ubiquitous thing um so i hope they're smart enough with mario maker not to like run it into the ground hmm I'm so excited for that game to come out and yeah, see what great. people do. I, I saw uh, Lucas Thomas, who we used to work with at IGN, uh, recreated Bubble Man's level for Mega Man 2 in Mario Man. That's Mario. awesome. Like, like Screen for screen it's awesome. And I was like, this is really cool. Where's and he working play as
1: Mega
0: Man. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Where's
2: mm-hmm. he
1: working? Is he still doing freelance that stuff? He does
2: or? Nintendo Force, that magazine. Okay. Yeah. Mm.
0: This topic brought to you by DraftKings. Put your fantasy skills to the test starting Sunday at DraftKings.com. America's favorite one-week foot. One-week fantasy football site where you could kick the season off by winning $2 million. It's the biggest fantasy football contest ever. $10 million in prizes are up for grabs, including $2 million for first place and $1 million for second. One-week fantasy means no season-long commitments. It's fantasy football on demand. Play where you want, when you want, with the players you want. This isn't fantasy as usual. This is DraftKings. Welcome to the big time. Hurry to DraftKings.com and use promo code kind to, p- to play for free for a shot at a part of ten million dollars in Sunday's Millionaire Maker event. And are Kinda Funny for free entry now. Only at DraftKings.com. That's DraftKings.com. Thank I'm gonna you, do DraftKings. It. You're doing it. I'm gonna do it. You're gonna I'm win. you gonna win, part you're part gonna win the win the mills. Yeah. Good. According
1: to my legal representation, Nick, I can do it. Good. Because I was worried by us be, you know, doing the sponsorship that I'd be disqualified. But he yeah. said I should be okay.
0: Good. You just promo code kind of funny. I'm going so, to. And it's going to be awesome. Thank you guys for joining me. Thank you guys for listening. We'll be back next week like we always are. And the week after that, the week after that, and forever after that.